Welcome to Free Fall RC Podcast. <clears throat> All right, let's, let's get started. Ahem. <laughs> All right. Welcome to another episode of Free Fall RC Podcast. I'm Steve, and here with me is Kevin. Hey, guys. We got Andy. Hey, now. All right, and welcome guest host Jeff, a.k.a. Chopsy Chopper, to the show. G'day, boys. Hey, Jeff. Welcome. Hey, How wait. Where's that, where's that accent from? Huh? <laughs> Australia, mate. Nice. <laughs> Down nice. under. Jeez, Down here under. Putting, here I am putting it on. Yeah, no, from the future, though. This is your yeah, in the future, future, literally. <laughs> it's I Wednesday am. for you. This is from uh, Wednesday morning. Yeah. Oh, man. <laughs> You're going to have a Two. wonderful day, too. <laughs> uh, um, let's see. This is episode 170, Total Diversion with Chopsy Chopper. Nice. Yeah. Chopsy oh, Chopper. Man. So is it Mr. Chopper, or is it Chopsy, or Jeff, or what should we call you? Uh, Jeff is good. Jeff is okay. good or Chopsy. The the chopper bit is uh, uh, just ignore that bit. That was just uh, a placeholder. How about Jeff Fair Chopper for a last name? Jeff <laughs> Chopper. Uh, How about Jeff Chopsy? Oh no, we Chopsy Jeff Chopper. <laughs> <laughs> Jeff's good. Okay, Jeff. All right. <laughs> Let's Jeff on, or Jeff. Chopsy. Got to do one or the other, not both. All Jeff right. Or uh, <laughs> I answered it either. Okay. Cool. Let's see. Uh, let's catch up with everyone's week first. Who'd like to go first? Would you like to go first, Steve? Sure, I'll go first. Did I throw you with that question? Uh, a little bit. <laughs> Usually not first, but <laughs> sure. Let's do this. Uh, went flying on Sunday. Had a great time with the fellas out at the field at the club. Uh, made in my Goblin Five Hundred Sport or remade in. I don't know. It's part of it's part of it's still the old helicopter. Some of it's the new. A lot yeah. of it's new. <laughs> um, that felt good. I did take it easy on my first couple of flights because that helicopter I built the night before in about four and a half hours from open box to complete heli setup, ready for made it. So I was a little bit apprehensive about just going at it full blown, you know, right off the bat. Because I don't know, maybe I forgot a bolt or maybe I forgot to tighten something. Who knows? You know, might just blow up in the air again. Um, <laughs> nope, but it went good. Everything was solid. It felt good. I got right back in my old routine. Um, nothing changed on it, like fuel-wise, because the Neo was exactly the same. It had the same setup and everything. Uh, so everything just felt like it was the day, the week before, before it exploded. Uh, beyond that, I flew the Black Thunder 700 Havoc Condition and uh, Black Nitro Drake Condition. And uh, those are those are my... I don't know, my favorite, so 700, just rock. Uh, let's see, Kevin, I brought his uh, Glogo out. Yeah. And we finished uh, getting it set up and built, like, you know, installed the clunk, the switch glow, and tested the, and set up the radio, because that was kind of like, <laughs> I haven't done that in a little bit, you know, since I set up my black nitro. So doing the macro cells for the glow um, was interesting to set up. But once we got that going... We fueled it up, and I would say like a couple of cranks, and it started right up. Right, it wasn't too bad. Yeah, it it ran really well. Uh, you know, Devin yeah. and and McToon was helping us with 
and Rob McClellan were, were helping us with the idle settings. I thought I had put everything back, but we double checked that um, with the high and low settings. We did the high and uh, low needle, but we didn't do the idle mix. And that one was set like he said it was like full open. Yeah. So no yeah, wonder, like you know, it was it was kind of like dying when you start try to throttle up. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I did buy another helicopter to replace my replace another crash helicopter. It's smaller scale this time, but it's uh, I bought the Nano S two because after flying Kevin's at the field, I definitely can see myself flying this in my backyard in a small box, and. I've crashed it, you know, in the grass several times without throttle hold because you have to hit idle mode or, I mean, idle one or normal mode to hit throttle hold for some reason. Going to bank two, yeah. Yeah, yeah. For some reason it stops, though. I mean, when it hits the ground, I've been flying it since. Yeah, that's because the motor's locking up. That's all. It's fine. Yeah, (laughs) exactly. But, yeah, I don't know why I do this, but, yeah, I did this, you know. And the S2 definitely felt better than the Nano CPS because that thing was horrible. I I would pirouette half a 180 and it would just fly out of control and smack into my side of my garage. And I just got tired of fixing it after every flight, so. But uh, the S2 definitely seemed like a better helicopter, and uh, that Puro compensation that they've added to their Flybrows unit definitely, um, you notice it. It's definitely better. So yeah, I think let's give it a shot. All right, uh, that's it for my week. Who'd like to go next? Well, I can go next right off of that man. Went down to the field. Yeah, dude, flew with the guys, and the field was pretty packed, and it was it was a good time, man. It was a really nice day. Uh, mm-hmm. A lot of guys too. Yeah. I got to thank you, Steve, for helping me out with the uh, with the Glogo setup. And, you know, even though you kind of did it, going through it now, flying it a few times, I was like, okay, here's here's where this is, here's where that is, you know. Because it's not – it's my first – I wouldn't, I don't want to say it's my first uh, Nitro helicopter because I flew the other one, but it's kind of the first um, – The first one you built and set up. I, yeah, built and set up. Yeah, yeah. exactly. So, uh, and I haven't flown that Nitro, the, the 700 in such a long time. Like I wouldn't even have remembered where we had programmed stuff, but it yeah. was great to, to get that thing going, just put around. I, I flew like three tanks, I think through on that two or three and just, yep. it was really cool. Um, uh, just to get the, get the feel of it, get the placement of like, all right, here's the close start and here's, you know, the engine cutoff and, and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. It was, uh, it was really cool. But man, the bugs were insane, though, huh? Oh man, I didn't. Yeah, I didn't even mention that. The they bugs were like were, these. What are they called? Carpenter ants? I don't know I th- what the hell. I think that's were. what I think that's what folks were calling it. They're like ants. They were ants, but they're flying little little ants, like gnats. Yeah. And they were all over us, like while we're flying, like literally, like I felt like I just that. half my face is just covered with bugs. Yeah. Oh, I hate that. It was bad. Like they're going in my brutal. ear and behind my mm-hmm. ear. I'm trying to fly, and yeah. Uh, yeah, it was it was pretty bad. Uh, so I was trying to fly that the, the nitro over and get some like exhaust on us, and I don't know. It was just I don't think it helped. Messy <laughs> didn't help at all. No, yeah. neither did the the off the uh, bug spray I had. Yeah, they would just stick to it. They yeah. would land on you and stick to the the bug spray. Yeah, man. But dude, I flew the the Nano Two S out there you know i flew up my driveway a few times smashing in my jeep a few times and then took it to the field and flying it in the field was a lot of fun just i had so much fun with that thing just doing silly stuff with it and didn't matter and then 
than handing the, the radio to other people, you know, like Devin flew it and the tail would kick out. If you got really crazy, the tail is going to kick out on you. And it was funny because every time it kicked out, he was just like, whoa, whoa. And we were just laughing and having a good time, you know. <laughs> and then uh, Eric flew it. You flew it. Um, I don't think anybody else flew it. I thought there was somebody else. Um, but I was just having a good time just flying that off to the side. That's it's like one of those things you bring to a fun flight. You can fly right up right out in front of your, you know, your your canopy and stuff. And just it's going to be a fun little thing to have, man. Mm hmm. And I've been flying it in between my house and the other house next to me, which is only like 25 feet by 25, I think, something like that. It's a really tight little area. But it's cool. You know, you get out there, get a couple of flights in just to screw around. Um, can help you out. Um, I also flew the Oxy-4 and uh, remade in the 690 or flew the 690 after fixing it. Mm-hmm. Uh, I got to say, though, I heard from a few guys uh, about helping me out. So I got to say thanks to uh, a couple of guys on Facebook who I forget who it was, but you know who you are yeah they they sent me a, <laughs> a uh, i could find it but facebook's been a little strange for me lately. wow <laughs> i could find it uh all right by the end of the show i'll find it <laughs> um but uh yeah flew the i brought the crack beaver out too flew that around oh yeah nice yeah and uh that thing just flies great i think uh we saw um john day was yep. there yep john uh, was out yep and dude, that kid is an amazing helicopter pilot. Yeah, and he was. Uh, we were talking about the the twisted hobbies, crack beaver, and I was telling him, "Listen, man, I don't think you can go wrong." You know, uh, I walked up to him. I was like, "This is the guy that helped me out years ago when I was getting into helicopters and recommended the Oxy Three when that was, you know, just coming out." And uh, you know, it was uh, pretty interesting how I could turn around and say, "Yeah, dude, well, I know a guy that has the." Um, you know, I, I fly the the crack beaver, the crack pits. I know Jeff has the other, the MCX two, yeah, and the MCX two, yeah. So I said, you know, and I flew the 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 uh, the Fokker, the triple, you know, tri wing, mm-hmm. yep, um, version of of the World War One plane that they make, mm-hmm. and that that flies great too. I said you can't go wrong. You can pick anything you want. Wait, so John's the one who recommended an Oxy three? Yeah, back in the day. Yep. I think it was like our second or third visit to the club down there when we joined and uh Cricky was there and I was talking to John and I was like, you know, what, what would you recommend smaller, you know? And he was like, get the Oxy three, man. Yeah. Uh, either, you know, he goes, he, he told me he would do the stretch and I think the tri-blade and I think that's what I went with. And it was great, man. It was great advice, you know, at the time. And so I was, I was able to turn around and help him out with the, Nice. Some info always, on the Twisted Hobby stuff. I've always wanted to try one of those crack beavers. They look like a lot of fun. Yeah. Cool. So what have you been up to, Andy? Well, I finally got out and did a little bit of flying on Sunday. Nice. I realized that I haven't flown any, hardly, at all in like three weeks. So I was like, well, damn. So I charged up some batteries for my 516, but five flights on it uh sunday afternoon so that was cool and i've been working on uh derek 600 nitro that i was uh rebuilding the engine uh got the engine all back together and um redoing the heli just a little bit he's going to convert it from the fly bar over to a fly barless head mm-hmm. so i'm uh, redoing some of the wiring and stuff cleaning it up a little bit Nice. So I've been 
tinkering around on that thing a little. Uh, and then I've been trying to figure out why my gasser isn't running correctly. Uh, did I tell you guys what was going on with it? No. I, I don't think I did. No. But anyway, it, it started acting up down at Birmingham. Uh, and I was like, well, I don't really know. So I just didn't even worry about it till I got back. But it's doing this weird thing. Like, uh, I f- thought I found the problem. Uh, I found the fuel line was kinked. Okay. Like where it comes out of the tank, it goes right by the engine. I guess it had gotten hot and, uh, you know, where it bend, it, it got hot and formed a kink or like a, you know, it just bent too tight. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I fixed all that and that didn't seem to, it improved it, but it's still acting weird. Like it's, uh, like if you're doing a punch out or something, it, it takes off. Like it sounds perfect in a hover and you like with the throttle curve, just throttle up. Um, it's, it starts to accelerate like normally, but then when you get about uh, three quarter stick or a little higher, it just fades back down, drops down to like 1600 RPM when it should be like 1900. Uh, hmm. It's like it, like it's running out of fuel, basically. Yeah. Uh, I took the carburetor apart and didn't really see any issues. Cleaned it a little bit, but there, it's. Pr- I still feel like it's probably a carb issue. Uh, I, I wasn't able to take it completely apart and clean all the needles and passages because the way those carbs are made, they have a. Um, it's called a Welch plug. It's like a soft plug you press into place and you have to destroy it to remove it to get into the needle. Or So yeah. I didn't want to do that. But I, I do have some rebuild kits ordered and a new carburetor because they're only like 40 bucks. So I'll see if that fixes it. But it, it's weird. I put all new fuel lines on it, took the tank apart, put new line in it just in case it was maybe sucking air. Uh so I don't know. Something weird's going on. So I'm still trying to diagnose that. Kind of got me scratching my head right now. That's weird, man. Yeah. yeah, it's I don't know. You know how engines are. Yeah, it can yeah. be finicky sometimes. Yep, yep. Uh, so I messed around with that a little bit today, and then I decided to put a flight on my nitro. I've been I've been kind of trying to learn how to tune. Uh, mm-hmm. mess around with a little bit. So I was tinkering around with that today. And uh, so I was about halfway with the tank. I go to spool up, uh, adjust the needle just a little bit, go to spool up, and the tail starts to kick around. I'm like, oh, shit, what happened? So I hit throttle hold I'm about eh, two feet off the ground. Well, nothing happens. So like, oh shit! Jeez! Oh, and then you the jetty starts screaming at me, low voltage, low Uh-oh. receiver voltage, and I have no control. Throttle hold doesn't work. Nothing works. It's just sitting there, two feet off the ground, starting to drift toward my house. Oh jeez! Yeah. So I'm like, damn it! <laughs> I'm just standing there, gonna watch it hit the side of my house. Ain't a thing I can really do. Luckily, it didn't. It kind of drifted over to the side, hit the ground, rolled over, did about a eh, one, 
about a 1360 on the ground of a chicken dance. And then just uh, the blade just, you know, was laying against the ground. Full motor spinning, clutch eating itself. Mm-hmm. Oh, uh, I ran over and was, <laughs> yeah, I ran over and was able to clamp off the fuel line. I was a little hesitant to even get close to it. I was afraid the clutch might explode and, you know, shoot myself yeah. in the head. But mm-hmm. I was like, well, if it keeps if it keeps going here, something's definitely going to happen. So I ran over and was able to get the engine shut off. But my damn receiver pack come unplugged from the fly barless unit. Oh crap! Yeah, I didn't have a backup on there or anything. Didn't have a spring on the throttle servo. Uh, I tried to put one on when I built it, but that, the Futaba servo I'm using is kind of stiff. So it would have took a very, very strong spring, and I didn't feel like, you know, put a lot of pressure on the servo. But lesson learned, I do need something. But wait a minute. If you lose power, don't you lose servo power as well? Like if you're. Yes. So, so the it... servo just was stopped where it was. Oh, but I like see what you're saying. It didn't have anything to pull it closed. It still would have to yeah. be pretty strong to pull it back. Yeah. Like I'd... if I'd lost a radio signal or something. It, the fail safe in the brain would have closed the the okay. throttle, but since it had no power to anything, yeah, it, it right. just kind of sat there where it was. Does um your your throttle servo is that a is that a brushless servo? Probably not. Okay, because I know I I've experienced that same issue with brushless servos. Was it's, it's maybe it is. It's a Futaba something or other. If it's, it's a BLS, then most likely. Yeah, I think it is. Yeah, but so it's super stiff. Like it, you know what I'm saying. So it would take a really strong spring. Yeah, to pull it. Yep. So I was that's like, the same issue I had. Yep. But yeah, the first lesson is glue your friggin' wires in. Don't be a dumbass like me. I'm using the Brain HD, which has a separate uh, power wire, power bus, power bus. Mm-hmm. which works great. I love it, but I didn't have that power wire glued in. Like all the other, I have all the servos and stuff fastened. Ah, uh, so that was just the one connector you didn't. Yep. Shoe glue or hot exactly. glue. Yeah. So I'm an idiot. <laughs> Luckily, the damage doesn't look too bad. Uh, it only broke one blade. Didn't break anything on the tail. Doesn't look like. Possibly stripped out one of the plastic uh, servo horns. It looks like it's maybe jumped a few teeth. Mm-hmm. All the links are fine. Uh, I don't know about the shafts, you know, the uh, spindle and all that stuff, because this literally happened like an hour ago. Right. I, I really did. knocked a big dent in my canopy, busted it up a little bit. But definitely could have been worse. Could have hit the house. Could have, you know. Ate itself. <laughs> went up, flew, <laughs> flew a yeah. mile away. Right. True. That, that would have been shitty. Or it could have eat itself on the ground in a full-blown chicken dance. Mm-hmm. So I guess I got lucky in that respect. But anyway, I'm still annoyed about it. I'm annoyed because it was such a stupid way to crash by your wire coming unplugged. Yeah. If I dumb-thumbed it, I'd be like, oh, well, at least I was trying something. Yeah. Live and learn, I guess. Yep. Uh, I did order, I ordered myself one of the Nano S2s yesterday oh geez oh boy all three yeah. of us that's right are we gonna do a nano s2 battle at uh yes we're the gonna next do event? combat combat oh yeah it's gonna be fun to see who can 
keep their eye on which one and control the <laughs> so that's going to be the hardest part. <laughs> yeah. Either that or it'll be the world's most boring combat because <laughs> you know how hard it'll be to hit each other with those things? Yeah, right? <laughs> Almost impossible. Yeah. Our batteries will just die. We'll fall out of the air and nobody will hit anything. We had a cool <laughs> idea for a night flying under the lights, Andy. I don't know if it's going to work, but we're going to try it. What's that? Tape sparklers to them? No, we're going to uh, like break one of those those glow sticks throw it on the on the blades and shit yeah oh what size battery are you using kevin it's i've been trying to figure out what battery to use with these things it's a uh 150 milliamp um, okay 45c yeah that's what it says i have a whole pile of like 200s and 220s i I don't know if they'll be too big 200 yeah if it'll fit yeah, it'll fit. I told it'll you fit, I'm sure. Yeah. They're just a little bit longer. But I don't know if they might be too heavy. What do you think? No, I mean, I know um, Horizon put out a video on their YouTube channel for for that. And James Haley said that uh, the 200 fit fine. They, they fly just a little bit heavier. But, you yeah. know, unless you're really doing some hard 3D, you're not going to notice it. Yeah. Well, I ordered a couple of like 160s or 170s or something okay. just to have just in case. But I found a, like a pack of five brand new uh, 220s, and then I've got tons of uh, more 220s for the tiny whoops and the inductrix mm-hmm. things. Nice. So we'll see. I'll try them out. I like, I like that statement if you're doing hard 3D. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what do you mean? Yeah. It's not easy to do on that thing. It's not, but pilots can do it. You've seen Ethan fly his right in, in a video, right? Yeah, but he'll he sit was there in still... like a three foot box going half pure flip, 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 pure flip, like like nothing. Yeah, but I wouldn't consider that hard three D. Exactly, I'm with Kevin. He, like it does thing... smooth three D, but I wouldn't. You can't do like you know fast well, TikToks. I mean, you can't really do TikToks. I couldn't get it, but I maybe would practice. You can. I don't know. I was I was kind of surprised though because I could do some stuff like I was popping up doing some tail whips coming out of stuff. I was doing tail down funnels with it. Uh, I've been working on that in my you know side of my house here, mm-hmm. and uh, it, I was pretty impressed with it. They'll just do like slow funnels and stuff. I'll be happy. I'm yeah, do them in my living room. No, it does them pretty quick. You can do them tight too. Yeah, that's what I mean. Tight. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. I mean, this is a. I think this helicopter is a really good helicopter as far as like, if you're you're new and you know upright forward flight and you want to try just work on your orientations, man. This thing is like, mm-hmm. yeah. I mean, you can put it in the uh, bank two, which is like, you know, is the isn't like a four channel, it's like a six p- channel. You know, it's collective pitch up and down, positive and negative. It won't flip inverted because uh, it always wants to right itself. Mm-hmm. You can do that to start with to, to you know to get. You know, I know this way, that way to, to correct and then go into, you know, your full 3D. Uh, right. I think it's pretty, pretty cool as a, you know, a little trainer, maybe something, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I'm looking forward to messing yeah. with it. I think Tima will have fun with it too. She oh, yeah. actually flew Sunday the 230S V2 the oh. first time. Oh, she, how know, was she, that? Uh, it went great. She put eight flights on it. Uh, with no help from me and oh, uh, wow. no no issues, so wow. I'm pretty proud. That's awesome, she's flown dude. before, but always on a buddy box. Like I would mm-hmm. take off and do the landing because 
landing's kind of always been her weak point yeah. as far as on the sim. Just kind of smashing it into the ground a little too hard. Yeah, no, that's easy to see. But flipping, the, taking off and landing in that uh, first mode, the normal mode, I guess they call it, you know, it just makes it a little bit easier. Right. So she take off in there and then flip it up into the, I guess they call it out of one, the second mode, and then fly around and come back and land. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, it was cool. Very she, cool. We had a whole class on charging lipo batteries and what to do, what not to do. And so I sent her home with it. So far, nice. so good. Very cool, dude. Yeah. So this Nano will be fun. She can fly it and fly it around the backyard and all that kind of stuff. I mean, I'll fly it in my, inside the house. And Yeah. And the, then the first two modes are it's easy to fly. I think anyone would be able to fly. But that third mode is very... It's very traditional, micro heli, just all over the place, really fast, really, you know, easy to lose. Like, yeah. is it is it knife edge too much and it's falling? Yeah, oh, that's exactly. It. Yeah. yeah. I mean, because it's so small, it's you know, so it gets small, 20 yeah. feet out. You're like, what yeah. orientation is yeah. it in? Yeah. But it's still it's still a piss, man. It's still a, f- yeah, a it lot is. of fun to screw around with. Nice. Yeah, that should be fun. Yeah. All right. So what about Jeff? Pretty standard flying on the weekend for me. I always head out to the field and uh, try to get out there early before all the plankers get out there and hog the sky with their, <laughs> their, eh, with their bloody engines. Damn um, plankers. Damn for uh, flight. Uh, 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 do you fly with uh, Do you fly with Rich Richie out there, Mark Richie, or what? No, I'm on the other side of the country. Ah, okay. I'm, I'm another 5,000 k's away from Mark. Wow. Yeah, I'm I'm well way away. I'm Western Australia, Southwestern Australia. Mm. Yeah, I wish I was closer to the, um, sort of the east sometimes because there seems to be a lot of flying and a lot of heli clubs over there. So mm-hmm. there's not yeah. there's not too much going on where I am. Um, there's only me and really one other person um, at the club that I fly at that's into helis. Um, he's starting to get into it, drop off the planks, and I think he's bought himself a Spectre. So. So, so that'll be cool, you know, just to nice. have someone else to talk to about this stuff. Yeah, um, cool. For yeah, sure. my, my usual sort of plan is get up early and get out there before anyone's there and, and try and bang out, you know, um, a heap of flights before they get out there mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. Um, hog the sky because, oh, Jesus. You know, you can get a few planes in the air, but they all seem to wait until each person lands and then they fire up uh-huh. the next plane and take off. And I'm like, oh, sometimes it's... Yeah. Yeah, I mean, near an hour, hour between flights, so I get cold. Um, but yeah, now headed out there, and um, because uh, my TDF has been out of action for about a month, waiting for uh, me to get off my lazy ass and um, <laughs> fit a new sprag sprag clutch one way in it. Mm-hmm. Um, so I've sort of missed that heli, and oh, geez, it's good getting that back up in the sky. I love it; it's my favourite heli at the moment. Um, nice. Yeah, so four four packs through that, four seven S packs, and um, also, I I I I'm, I'm sure we'll get to this. Like part of the reason I I built a heli in such a quick time was trying trying to get it ready for a Australia's biggest fun fly, and um, the day before I flew out, I managed to build a, a Spectre seven sixty. Nice. So the so the XL Power Spectre, and um, of course, what normally happens, I made it at the event. And, you know, the, in, in, in trying not to be boring, I, I just threw it up in the sky and 
I never really got to know it, know the heli yet. Like I haven't tuned it properly or anything. So I managed to get a few flights, you know, sort of, you know, trying to tweak that and, and get that flying. Um, well, at least to how I think I like it. Um, so, so that was good. And, uh, and another couple of flights on the, on the new diversion just to, you know, keep the consistency of taking that out each week to see how it wears over time and, mm-hmm. and, and get the flight count up. So what's Australia's uh, big fun fly? Uh, heli heat wave. Heli heat wave. Okay. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah, they normally have it out in the middle of nowhere in um, New South Wales, over east there. Okay. Um, at, at a local club there, we sort of take it over for four days, like any sort of standard fun fly. Mm-hmm. Um, and and it's been a it's been a few years. So I've only ever travelled to one other sort of interstate fun fly before, and that was awesome. I believe that was that was probably actually my first fun fly back then, two years ago. Um, so, you know, it's been a while and geez, it was good. Just, um, I don't know, sort of, sort of help. I mean, as they do fun flies, they help you reinvigorate your, your passion in the hobby and just hanging out with everyone. It wasn't even about the flying oh, yeah. so much, but mm-hmm. right. geez, it was good. It's, it's been so long cause I've, I've pretty much spent most of my hobby flying alone. Mm. So, um, those, those days are sort of the highlights of the hobby every year. Nice. Uh, but yeah, geez, it was well put on. And Brendan Tucker, who's been hosting that Fun Fly in Australia for, geez, I think 17 years now. He's um, yeah, done a brilliant job again and we managed to have Khan Pune over. Mm, nice. Amazing pilot. And, oh, wow. Yeah. Yeah. yeah the, the, that is next level. That is next level flying that. Yeah. It's so fast and precise. Yeah. So pretty, pretty standard weekend my last week. Just dabbling in that, trying to get back into work after having that week off to go to that fun floor. Mm-hmm. Tell you what, it's been it's been hard to get back into it. <laughs> so obviously, look forward to the weekends and going for a fly with uh, you know, with anyone really at the moment. So managed to have a couple of fun flies last month. We had one the following weekend, getting back from Hilly Heatwave, and that was another sensational day. So always good hanging out with the boys, giving a lot of shit. Back and forward, <laughs> yeah. firing them up, and then and, and then that oh I don't know that really awkward feeling of feeling a little bit bad when you you pump someone up, and then uh, they put it in, and uh, you think oh geez, maybe if I hadn't <laughs> you know fired them up, they wouldn't have crashed. But you know, it's it's exciting either way, so it, it goes around. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So yeah, that's it. Work on a few moves. Um, I'm actually sort of using the TDF as my my beta lately. It's just so, I mean, being so lightweight, hangs in the sky, so mm-hmm. makes trying new stuff really, really confidence-inspiring. <laughs> you know, the fact that I'm using a German heli that geez, <laughs> the parts are expensive and it takes three weeks to get them. Yeah. Any yeah, I was going to say, I've never heard anyone say they use a Hensler as a beater. Was, yeah, <laughs> yep. yeah I, I, it just floats. I mean, it's 3.77 kilos ready to fly. Swinging uh-huh. six ninety blades, it's it just just floats in the sky, and um, I don't know. I'm, it's probably my most locked in heli at the moment, and it's it's made me tone right down in going to low RPM, which I've always been quite bored with. But mm-hmm. now it's yeah, I, like I I just I'll I'll go out there and just spend all day in bank one thirteen hundred RPM doing seven minute flights. It's nice. Um, just just working on trying to you know pyro and roll and mm-hmm. trying to get some of that stuff blended together it's still oh geez i still fly like rubbish but 
you know, <laughs> it, it, it inspires me to, to try, I guess, to sim. Yeah, man. Absolutely. It's a mission in itself. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Awesome. So, yeah, Heinzlet yeah. Beater. <laughs> That's, <a theater. laughs> awesome. That's great. Uh-huh. All right. Yeah. Uh let's get into the main topic then. We're gonna definitely talk about your your helicopter design, but let's kind of get to know you first. So first of all, how did you come up with that name, Chopsy Chopper? So Chopsy's um been a nickname for quite a long time now, due to my last name being Mutton, which is an old haggard sheep. So um, lamb chops, I guess you would call it. And then it sort of just morphed into Chopsy. Okay. And uh, Chopper, well, I needed a I needed a last name for Facebook and I didn't want to use my real name because I was trying to trying to stay away from the web just in case it ever became self-aware, um, which is ridiculous. Because <laughs> 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 I've never... I've never really been into the social media, but now like, mm-hmm. I've been on Facebook for a year and, oh, God, it occupies way too much of my time. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I'm ashamed to admit it. <laughs> yeah, so um, Chopsy was was a nickname. Jeez, even my old man had it back in the day, so now I've taken it on. And Do you have those enlarged sideburns? Did yeah, my chops. <laughs> oh, no, no, no. But, but I tell you what, maybe I should give him a go because, geez, I can't, I can't look any worse. Yeah, I thought about it as a bit of a piss take. Every now and again, like I'll, I'll just get really lazy and let my facial hair grow out. Right. And then when I go and shave, I'll, 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 I'll try little styles like that. And I don't know, it just becomes a, a really awkward funny session with myself looking at myself in the mirror no, thinking, oh, done like the a, same look thing. like a right tool <laughs> you're like oh i gotta try this this will look great and when i tried it i'm like oh man you just don't have the face behind it to pull it off <laughs> you're like, yeah yeah because like, well. yeah, i'll go shave and then I'll, I'll i'll put on a do like that or i'll put the big mustache the big love handles and all that and um walk out and just sit on the couch with the missus like as if I finished shaving and uh, <laughs> just, just wait wait for the reaction. <laughs> That's great. <laughs> and, yeah, of course, it always ends up going. So I'm, I'm not man enough to, to go out in public with it. So yeah, yeah. Maybe, no, maybe one day. Maybe I'll grow up here <laughs> one day and, um, <laughs> and try and own the name on my face. Right. <laughs> yeah. Nice. Um. So I know we kind of spoke about a little, you're, you're from Australia, but where are you located in Australia? Um, I'm 200 kilometres south of Perth, which is the capital city of Western Australia, um, in a town called Bunbury. Oh, cool. Um, so, cool, yeah, a long way away, probably directly through the centre of the earth from you guys. <laughs> yeah. The other side. Nice. About as far away as we can get. Jeez, the internet's working hard today to make this uh-huh. call happen. Yeah. yeah, for sure. <laughs> mm-hmm. All right. Uh, how long have you been in the hobby? Uh, Mid 2014 is when I started. Okay. So a few years now. Yeah. When you and, look at uh, the way I fly, I think, mm-hmm. Jesus, uh, it, it looks like I've only been in the hobby for a year, but wow. Yeah. <laughs> no, I don't fly like someone who's been in the hobby for four years. I wish I could fly better. I don't either. But, um, I don't feel yeah. bad. Yeah, I mean, everyone progresses at their own rate, so that's, mm-hmm. that's no worries. Um, but w- what got you interested in the hobby? Um, so I was working up north, flying in and out for, you know, three weeks at a time, mm-hmm. um, up, up the north 
West Australia, where all the, the iron ore mining is going on, and um, working in a small workshop there with a very expensive CNC machine. Nice. And um, what, every day at about 4 o'clock, we'd uh, obviously start cracking a few cans, mm-hmm. um, getting on it before the end of shift, which is, you know, was three, four hours after that. Um, <laughs> and uh, my co-worker who brought a lot of his gear up north with him had a nitro T-Rex, a very old one, flybard, um, all in its case, and he'd never flown it. And he made the mistake of leaving that out in the workshop um, when he went on break once. And my boss at the time thought, hey, this is a good idea. Um, we'll <laughs> have, have a few too many adult beverages and try and fire this thing up in the workshop. Oh, boy. With, <laughs> with the blades on the wrong way and, <laughs> you know, within, within, within a couple of metres of a uh, $1 million CNC. Oh, yeah. And, yeah, what could happen? And, um, <laughs> yeah, exactly. So after dicking around for ages trying to get it going they got it started and <laughs> they tr- did the usual trying to trim it with the skids still attached to the concrete of the workshop and dicking around and i remember watching this at the time and thought oh geez you know these, these blokes are retarded i could i could i could have a i could have a go at this um and then sort of I, I, you know i had that thought and it was in the back of my mind and then like within a month i i moved up there so instead of doing mm-hmm. the, the fly and fly out, I, I moved up north, um, became a resident, worked locally, and um, I was very bored, so I needed something to get into. So joined Heli Freak and started looking eBay and all this sort of thing because I didn't know, you know, I'd, I'd heard T Rex, mm-hmm. you know, and, and and that's all I knew. That's yeah. all you, you hear when you start Google searching, or you right. or you come up with all these crappy little. Kellys that you know have all these write-ups about them as being the best thing ever. Oh, it's six channel. Oh, it does three D. And um, but um, so I sort of hunted around for T Rexes using, you know. And then I thought, all right, I'll start with a small one. I joined Heli Freak. I started reading lots. Um, and then I thought, bugger it, I'll I'll just buy one and I'll get into it. So I contacted a local shop in Australia. Who seemed to have the best price? I, I sent the feelers out, you know, asking for a, a good mm-hmm. package deal because I obviously had no equipment whatsoever. Yeah, and um, yeah, came away with a T Rex eight hundred. <laughs> oh my Holy god! Cow. Yeah, let's start off small. <laughs> Holy yeah, cow. yeah. Well, I remember reading. Oh, you know, bigger helis are more stable um, uh-huh. at the time. Like the reason why I bothered moving to a remote, bloody hot. Western, uh, northwestern Australia, where there's nothing going on, was because for money, obviously, um, a higher wage, and so I, I sort of ran with the idea that I had expendable income, so I just went big. Yeah. Um, so, so that's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're not here to root spiders. Um, Can't get much better. So, <laughs> no. No, and and it was quite good actually. Um, bought the combo, got a fourteen SG Fatava radio, mm-hmm. um, a couple of couple of batteries, and a nice fifty watt charger, which was awesome for charging a six S pack in two hours. Yeah, um, seriously, fifty watts. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, that was yeah, that was frustrating at the time. Um, and I uh, just yeah, on my own, you know, doing a lot of reading, watching uh, videos. Built this heli, 
tried to dick around with the, the Align 3GX, which came mm. with it for a bit there, and mm-hmm. uh, nope. I, I, I learned very fast that that was a, not going to end well, so I bought an Icon at the time, and, um, geez, that was, that was really handy. That was really good. You know, that was a, a steep learning curve, of course, but, um, you know, this, this was the first thing I'd ever done. And, uh, but the self level in that, you know, I, I don't, yeah, you know, we can talk about rescue or anything like that being cheating or whatnot, but I would chuck on self level for takeoff and landing. So I would at least get that out of the way and just get that heli up in the sky. Mm-hmm. And then I could start dicking around, you know, flying around or trying to, you know, learn the controls. I bought real flight at the time, so I think I did, you know, maybe an hour on that before my first maiden flight and just put it up there in self-level and then I'd flip that off and, you know, I, I just went from there. Plus, I, I sort of had this, well, I don't want to say no care attitude, but I thought, oh, oh you, you just got to get into it. You just got to just got to put it up there in the sky. So I'd, I'd just yeah, go just up high and, mm-hmm. and yeah, I, I do remember at the second flight, I thought, bugger it, I've, I've tried this on the sim. Look, if you drop the collective below mid-stick, you know, the air goes up. So I better put the heli upside down. So in that second sort of ever flight, I, I yanked back on elevator and just, oh, look, okay, because I'm mode one, so it's, geez, I'm controlling two, two thumbs here. Um, mm-hmm. Yanked back on elevator on the left and dropped collective on the right and thought bugger it if if, uh, if it doesn't work i'll either hit self-level or i'll uh i'll be pulling out the credit card <laughs> yeah <laughs> and um yeah just went from there um but no nah, really handy i mean i yeah there, there was some really dodgy stuff you know in order to get that first flight to happen um we we're a little bit loose at our workshop there you know because i was sort of yeah, my only friends up north at the time were the guys I worked with, and we were a, a loose bunch of cats. And um, I remember we thought, bugger it, you know, like we didn't want the ground coming into play. Or well, actually, I don't even know why we thought this. Um, but my coworker thought it was a good idea to hold the heli above his head. Oh, jeez. Oh, my God. While, while trying to get the castle to arm and, and that. So, so that was a really interesting, lucky, you know, we're all here to live on but um yeah yeah when you're holding on to an 800 heli doing i don't know whatever it was at the time 1800 rpm um yeah it's an exciting experience and also incredibly stupid (laughs) (laughs) so yeah i don't know there's a little story um yeah so that's sort of where it all 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 began so I'd, i'd spend my days at work chucking the battery the four four six s five thousands on the charger one by one and, um, you know, which would just about take all day. Yeah, that's and then, <laughs> yeah, and then clock off and head to the local salt flats, um, which, were, which were near work, where I had kilometres of area to fly, bang out 15 minutes worth of flight. And uh, I just went from there. Yeah, and that was that was quite a quite a steep learning curve. Um, of course, I, I, I did way too much reading, and being that I, you know, I had the impression of in having uh, expendable income. Um, I started Googling the, the silly question of what's the best helicopter. Yeah. So, yeah, and so that's how I discovered Heinzlitz very early on. And um, my second heli, after being in the hobby for three months, 
or two months was a Heinzlet TDR. Um, so that was wow. my nice little, my nice little present to myself. Wow. That's, that's just, <laughs> wow. <laughs> mm-hmm. And then I was, yeah. And then after that, it sort of progressed. Oh, I need something to practice with. So I bought a Goblin 570 because that had been out for a couple of months at the time. And Jesus, that thing was, that was an animal. 2600 RPM on 12S. That thing used to go. Mm-hmm. Oh, and, and, and all the while during this time, I, yeah, I hadn't even learnt to fly yet. So I couldn't bank turn yet. So I would just, you know, sort of stall and turn around and come back and, you know, try, try the odd TikTok and the old loop. And so that was pretty much the first year of my hobby. Um, straight after the Goblin 570, I actually bought another Goblin 570 because I decided to give someone a go who said he knew how to fly. Um, that ended up in a re-kit. Oh, boy. Um, <laughs> um, and then, yeah, because also, you know, because of the reason why I focused on this, oh, the Germans are the best best make, um, heli makers and that. Um, yeah, the best helis are, are Heinzlitz or, oh, the Ultimates are Banshee. So I started hunting for a Banshee. So after being in the hobby for seven, eight months, uh, I managed to get myself a Banshee 700. And that's when learning to, or pretty much being stuck with doing big air flight, um, has now plagued me to this day. <laughs> where, um, yeah, I, I like flying a long way from myself and flying fast. So, yeah. So, Jeff, are the German helis more common in Australia? Like, over here, like the Henslets, very rare. Do we, do we come across one? Are they more common over there? Are they, are they just as rare, do you think? Um, being such a, obviously a much smaller demographic, they do. I suppose they would seem pretty common over here. Just about every club would would have one or have had one. Um, they're, they're very common over east. So one of the the more prevalent clubs that's you know where the where the members are always posting photos and you know trying to keep the RC Heli Australia page alive. Right. Um, has has always had Heinzlets and, and or a Banshee. Or something, or a Diablo, even um, okay. you know, at the club. So, so you're always seeing them in photos. So I think, I think they're, they're probably reasonably common for the amount of people that are flying in Australia. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I know that that's common with vehicles like uh, you know Cadillacs are, you know, in Europe are rare and you know something that is sought after and. And they're kind of common over here, you know, that kind of thing. And Mercedes, the same way, is common over, you know, in Europe and it's kind of high end over here. Yeah. Plus, I, I think, you know, being as remote as we are, even, you know, whether you can say that or not, because, you know, you can get in touch with anyone or ship anything anywhere in the world. Right. Once, once, once one of these helis is in the country, it, it generally doesn't leave. So it just does the rounds amongst everyone. So oh, okay. at some point, a lot of people, you know, will, if that's what they're into, you know, if they have the, I suppose, the, the expendable income, um, eventually you'll probably own a Heinzlet, you know, yeah, or something like that, you know. You, you, you'll give it a go just to know what it's about, especially when you've got people like me harping on about how, how good it is. You know, so, yeah, I, I would say they're reasonably common, just as common as, obviously not as common as, you know, your, your goblins and your... What what now is the Spectre and the logo? Yeah. Okay. You, you see you, you see them everywhere. Yeah. So do you 
fly just helis or do you also fly uh, planes and or multi-rotors? Um, never tried a multi-rotor. Uh, I've dabbled in, in a glider and a, and a pylon racer, but, but other than that, it's just helis. So for, for a long time now, I've had in, in cart like a, an extreme flight, mm, nice. 60, inch, 60 inch MXS. But I've, mm-hmm. I've just, I, I don't know. I've, every time I think I'm ready to pull the trigger on that, I, I end up buying another heli. <laughs> instead i'm just like oh because because i mean I, I i know that i'll get bored i mean it's got half the orientations of a heli and and uh, you know mm-hmm. there, there's still so much to learn with a heli and yeah it, it's probably not that so much the flying that um bores me with the helis or, or gets a bit old at times it's just like the only time i think about dabbling in in a plane is is just probably more loneliness i think it, 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 it's a it's a plane would be a reason to to get more involved with the other guys at the club being mm-hmm. all plankers um, mm. and maybe to fly at the same time with them yes. have have, so, have something common to talk about sure so. when they're out there flying for 45 minutes you could put your plane up <laughs> that's it yeah and, and maybe fire them up a bit say come on let's have a race or mm-hmm I was gonna say maybe yeah. just just yeah. sit there and fly like a helicopter <laughs> just have yeah. right foot. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Well, when I did buy this pylon racer, no one would go up with me anyway because I don't know it was fast or yeah, yeah. But geez, that that was pretty short lived. Um, mm. I I I I I'd start to get a bit bored with that and start playing a bit bit of chicken with the trees. And uh, one day that got the better of me. Oh boy! <laughs> Clipped the tree and I thought, bugger it, I'm not buying another one of these. I'll just put the money into helis. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, those trees will always win. Yeah. 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 I've, I've been meaning to go out there with a bit of poison because there's one that takes out just about every <laughs> plane. So, you know, but it's it's a bit of a protected um, type of tree. So, yeah, I'm going to have to be subtle. I'm going to have to be real subtle. <laughs> yeah. Now I go about that. No chainsawing in, in the daytime. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Nice. Uh, what do you do for a living? Uh, so, I'm a CNC machinist by trade. Nice. Um, and wow. now I I do um, process improvement for the company I work for, um, oh, awesome. and who does replacement mining parts. Oh, so our, dire- our direct competition is like Caterpillar and Hitachi and Komatsu and Lever. Oh, so, okay. so, 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 so so we make we make we make all their parts. Wow. Not not for them, but but uh, market alternatives for all the mining companies. Sure. Yeah. Nice, like OEM replacement stuff. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Generally, try to aim for you know better, better quality or an enhanced yeah. performance, but you know, mm-hmm. equal to or better. So yeah, um, we we seem to be doing reasonably well for what is still a small nice. company, but yeah, sure, it's, it's cool. It's where I did my apprenticeship. So nice. Uh, do you have any sponsors? No. Nice. No, I don't. I don't ask. Yeah, <laughs> I don't ask. I don't ask fly well enough, nor fly with a, enough people to, you know, yeah, to, yeah. to to really be able to say, look, I'm a I'm a rep that can help, or you know, get yeah, other people right. into the product or anything mm-hmm. like that. And um, you know, at the end of the day, like I I want to be able to fly what I want to fly and buy what mm-hmm. I want to buy, and yep. and try and like I, I I've you know I've had the odd discount here and there, and I'll always ask like, what can you do on on all this, you know, right? I'm um, all shipped together, but yeah, I, 
Yeah, no, not Jesus. <laughs> yeah, if you see my flying, you know I'm not sponsored. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I don't. I, I want to be able to fly when I want to fly. For sure. Um, you mentioned sim before. Uh, do you still sim? Yes. So yeah. I'll, it, it, it's, it's certainly not routine. I'll try to get on there, but yeah, a lot of the time I, I'm on it for five minutes and, ne- and then next minute I'm browsing aside to buy something heavily related. <laughs> nice. Um, yeah, but um, yeah, I do use next sim and um, only because like I, 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 I'm, my laptop is, is my work laptop. So it's built for CAD and CAM. Um, and so I think the, the graphics doesn't exactly handle AccuRC too well, which which I also have. Um, so nice. that's why I fly Net. I fly Next most of the time. But I'm starting to dabble in AccuRC by changing the settings a bit and just trying to you know live with the lag and, yeah. the, and the poor graphics. So, but uh, yeah, I, I try to sim. I, I know I need to sim a bit more, but it's just one of those things, you know. It it, it gets very boring very quickly for mm-hmm. me. Yeah. All right, so you kind of went over what's in your fleet. What do you have as far as, um, do you still use the Futaba 14SG? Like, what's your, like, supporting equipment of your choice? Uh, I use V-Control and okay. Neo. So, so I have done since 2015. And, oh, wow. and it's, it's, it's interesting, the story behind that is that I, I bought the Banshee 700. Uh-huh. Um, awesome heli. I set up three banks, you know, three modes. Um, 1700 RPM, 2100 RPM, and then a 2300 RPM bank three with 16 degrees pH, which was wow. meant for sp- speed runs. Jeez. And and I, I tried several fly ballast units, and in in those speed runs, I would always get a tail chatter. Okay. No matter what I did, where I went, and um, the guys who had banshees over east, they would um, theirs was flying brilliant. So. And they and they pretty much pushed me into trying a Neo, which I ended up doing. Still still on um, Futaba mm-hmm. flying, and um, yeah, all of a sudden I had access to uh, seventeen hundred RPM three D, twenty one hundred insane big air three D, and then twenty three hundred RPM speed passes. Which yeah, I remember trying to flog the guts out of that heli, trying to go fast, and yeah, the Neo was the only one that sort of. At the time, um, sort of solved that and was able to maintain those three different RPMs with the same nice. mains and, and 95 yeah. tails. Right, right. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah, so, so that's it. And and plus, I, I tell you what was the main selling point for then going V-Control is when you're at like 45 degree Celsius, that is, heat um, on the salt flats, which is just all sand and dirt for kilometres and it's bloody hot and you have to land, you know, chuck the heli on the bench, plug in the laptop, change some settings and then go try it again. That gets old real fast. So oh, yeah. Being able to do it with the V-control, just I'd even land or these these days I just put it into a hover in the sky and hold the radio in front of my face and I'm, you know, changing games and that. Mm-hmm. Um, just being able to do that on the fly, geez, yeah, that 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 was a, a well, game changer. Welcome convenience, yeah, that yep. on on its own was yeah, awesome. Yeah, um, you still using that fifty watt charger? <laughs> no, no. So I was lucky enough that a mate sold all his gear early on, so I managed to get a like a pre made charging case. It's got a Revelectrics dual power lab. 
Ooh, nice. Um, V8, V8, and uh, Meanwell 3000 watt 48 volt. Oh, there you go. Oh, very good. Nice. All set. Yeah, yeah. That, sh- that shuts, that can shut down my Jenny. It's not the charger that's, that's <laughs> short of the market. It's, it's actually my 2KVA Honda that um, oh, yeah. ca- can't quite keep up. It shuts down at 56 amps. Oh. <laughs> so, Damn. <laughs> 56 so, amps. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, so that. Yeah, sort of the limit there. Not that I need to charge that fast. Sorry, yeah. like I can keep my two fourteen S stick packs, you know, charging in twelve minutes, twelve fourteen mm-hmm. minutes, which is more than enough for keeping me in the air back to back. It's the plankers, aren't they? Yep, yep. Nice. It's funny how you said uh, you like to get out to the field before the plankers show up. In our case, it's usually the plankers are leaving by like eleven ish, or you know, they're getting their flying out of the way, and then we come out do the heli thing. Yeah, it's just the the club faces east, so the sun's rising behind us in the morning. So if I wait till after they go, yeah, then I'm looking into the sun and oh, oh my see. eyes. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I just get out there early, smash it, and that and that way, like I, you know, I, I get the flights in. I, you know, I, I keep my I keep fresh on the sticks, and then I've got the rest of the day to I don't know, dabble or in in a lot of cases fix a heli that I've just broken. <laughs> Sound like me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. oh, if you're not crashing, you're not learning. True. Nice. Okay. So let's let's get to the juicy part here. Let's talk about this um diversion helicopter project that you've uh you know kind of taken on. So first of all first question is why did you want to do this? Like what what was your inspiration, your you know, your motive, like kinda of like why Build your own helicopter. Why design your own helicopter? Um, being that I'm in a, a trade, but, mm-hmm. yeah, it lends itself very well to yeah. to our hobby in that I can make what we're flying. Um, I've been meaning to do it for years, and I've sort of half started, you know, little designs. Um, I've done a couple of sort of. I, I did a TD, TDR heatsink back in the day which um, I made a few and sold, um, and I've made a TDF conversion to, to go to strutless. And then I've, I've always wanted to, to sort of undertake that, that full heli. Like, it's just been one of those things, you know, talking to guys that I, that I talk to in the hobby. Um, oh, we, we should do one one day. Or I, I talked with Charlie Lewis, who's made uh, the aluminium V-control case in okay. Australia here. Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. Um, so we've always said, geez, we should just make a heli one day. And um, for, uh, I don't know, whatever the reasons are, I just never really never really finished a design nor really got that far into it. And so I'd, uh, without getting too soft about all this, uh, I've had some personal dramas at home lately, so I've been living by myself for probably six months there and I, I, I wanted a, a distraction, you know, a bit of a, uh, so somewhere to put my mind. Right. Um, mm-hmm. Plus, plus work is starting to bore me a bit. So yeah, um, after the the week off at Christmas, um, I thought, bugger it, I'll I'll sit down and have a look at some of my old models of where I've tried to design a heli. And I thought, okay, well I've got these two ideas in my head. I'll um I'll start from scratch and and um once I'd gotten far enough, I guess, you know, I'd, I'd made a, I'd, I'd modelled up a drive cell 
for the heli and gotten my servo layout sort of roughly how I, I thought it could look. Um, mm-hmm. I, I committed by buying some materials and, you know, ordering stuff and starting to procure stuff and that sort of, you know, the, the moment I'd started putting money into it, I thought, bugger it, I, I better actually finish it this time. So, yeah, early, early January, started drawing up a heli. Um, it's, it's just one of those things I always thought about doing it, wanted to do it. Um, other reasons, you know, petty reasons are just to, to prove that, you know, I'm not, I'm not just another person that jumps on the keyboard and makes comments about, you know, other manufacturers' helis and, and you know, make it sound like I, I know stuff. So so this was sort of like a bit of a backup to that, you know, to look if I'm, I'm going to put my money in and, and what I'm saying, you know, I'm going to bring it to life and show and give an example. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's a bit of a proof of concept. Trying to trying to get into it um, to see what it would take is a, is a thing as well. And and I've learnt a lot along the, along the process as well. Oh, I'm sure. Yeah, it, yeah. It, it's a learning experience, and I like that. I've still got a fair bit to do, but um, it's sort of opened the door now to to a quite a range of possibilities. And we've got a few more projects on the go now. Just starting starting to get some traction. So, so how much of the stuff have you created yourself, like CNC? Is it everything? Is there parts from other helis that you use, or so the the parts from other helis? Uh, the I'm using a Logo 700 swash blade at the moment, um, a Logo 700 main shaft, a Logo 700 um, sort of head spindle. That's the the um, set, that's the intermediate stage axle shaft. And um, I'm still using a, a Banshee tail case with a Heinzlet um, tail rotor on there because due to time constraints, I, I wasn't going to be able to make all that stuff in time for the event. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm in the process now of designing my own versions of those or my own swash plate because after using the logo one, you know, there's a few things I certainly want to change. Um, I want to make my own tail case. And so I... Where to from here is is to finish that heli and and, and remake all those parts myself. So, so, so that's I can, amazing. So I can call that, that heli mine. Yeah. yeah but everything yeah. everything else everything else I I machined myself. So you're using the spindle as your intermediate uh, shaft. Is yep. that what you said? Yeah. Very, very interesting. Yeah, I just, I mean, I needed a hardened shaft. And, and while I can heat treat and grind at work, right. um, time constraint, time constraints, of course. Plus, I've, I've got to do a bit of sort of reverse engineering, a bit of a, you know, a, a, a bit of R&D in order to determine just how and what material and that that I would make my, say, my main shaft and all that out of. I would yeah. imagine the shafts themselves are easy, easy to make. Something like the swash is probably difficult, but I mean that's that's very impressive. That the rest of it, you know, you you can call your own. I mean, the shafts are, like you said, due to time constraints and, and the hardened material you needed for the intermediate and the main shaft. It's pretty amazing. Thanks. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I, I put a lot of time into into the SolidWorks model because I, I use SolidWorks to to okay. draw all this up and then SolidCam to to generate the, the machining programs. Um, yeah, I spent a lot of time just sitting there, geez, every, every day. Like I'd, I'd clock off at work at, you know, 3.30, 4 o'clock, get home, um, make a quick dinner and then sit at the laptop from, you know, 5.30 till midnight 
every night there for a long time and even try to get up and do an hour in the morning when I have my coffee. So I put a lot of time into just trying to make sure that geomet- um, geometrically was that it would all go together. So if I made everything that I'd modelled, that, you know, like stuff wasn't going to misalign or anything like that, provided I then machined it all, you know, precisely because um, due to the time frame, I, I only had one shot at everything. Yeah. Oh, wow. There, there was there was no remaking anything. So I started the actual uh, cutting of steel or aluminium in this case um, in the first week of Feb. So this is uh, – um, it worked out to be an 800 size, you were saying, right? Uh, 760 at the moment. 760. So okay. 800 would certainly clip the tail blades. Um, 760 is where we're sitting at the moment. Um, trying to bang out a few flights on that before I – Drop it back to a seven hundred to see if it feels too heavy or not. Mm. You're saying that when you first started, you started to you kind of started with the servo geometry. Um, curious on like why low profile servos like uh, those two Aeron servos um, mm-hmm. with the way they're they're sitting, their their backs to each other. Yeah, they um, would hit, right? Um, yeah, yeah, they would hit if they're main. So even with low profiles right now, I think there's about a millimeter, maybe a millimeter and a half between those servos, wow. where you know at their closest point. Mm-hmm. Um, and the reason for that was um, I wanted all the servos acting on the swash, you know, towards the main shaft in the same way. So all three servos. Um, their servo splines axes are perpendicular and the the ball on the horn is at the same position throughout the collective travel like like in its in its pivot around the main shaft mm-hmm. yeah so all of them you know on the, on their 120 degree positions um, all pivot at, at a line um, to the main shaft nice okay. so that so that's why I'm using low profiles plus I didn't want to have I don't know. In, in other versions of a design, is having servos hanging way out of the the chassis. I was trying to keep this narrow, too, um, just in case I ever wanted to go speed. Yeah, mm-hmm. it seems like everything fits inside the frame. <clears throat> just yeah, just about. Compact. Yeah, the, the 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 widest point is the the AL run balls on the um on the swash. Right. Mm-hmm. Oh no, no, no. Sorry, I lie on, on the servos. So, yeah. so they're a little bit out at neutral because um, my cyclic links aren't vertical up and down at neutral. They uh, they approach verticality at the end of stroke. Okay. Yeah, like the that that idea is um, based on the Kronos, on the Compass Kronos. Mm-hmm. Um, and the and the pitch links are, are vertical at neutral. Right. Curious with the the pitch lengths that you bring that up is um, they kind of like you don't really see this on most helicopters. I think it's I don't even know if I see it on any really anymore, especially not on big helicopters. Is there your pitch lengths are instead of having following arms, you have basically pitch link holders or guides on the head block. Yeah. To to kind of keep them from you know keep them so that your pitch lengths and your head is in phase with the your servo your swash. But um, yep. yeah, curious why why with that design is it because of time or is it just to keep it simple and the parts count kind of low? Uh, that's an inspiration from the Heinzlitz, which mm-hmm. use the same style. They okay. use a, a, a um, sort of a guide off the head. Yeah. Um, and um, yeah, that's pretty much the reason why. 
Um, I, and I, and I, I, I suppose it was to have less parts to make, so I, I didn't have to make the followers. Mm-hmm. And the main grip links are amazing, the way they come right off. That's something I haven't seen outside of a real helicopter, I think. That's very interesting design. Now, did those come out, those those bolt in and come out of the main grips? No, they look like they're CNC'd. Is that all one piece? The arm on the main the, grip? Yeah, that's all one piece um, due to... So because of the bearings that I've got in inside those blade grips, um, there isn't a lot of room for threads in order uh, to bolt on an arm Okay. Mm-hmm. without without getting a bit more complicated. And I, f- I figured, like, if I'm going to put all the effort into, you know, machining an arm and machining a, a, a grip... Um, I'll just make it all in one. I was using a four-axis, you know, milling machine anyway. Nice. Um, sweet, I, I, it, it, it's certainly not my preference if, if this was going to be a crash. Right. Uh, um, mm-hmm. like, like, like for crashing, um, you know. Jeez, I, 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 I certainly don't want to crash this, this heli. Jeez. <laughs> it's, it's, it's not like I can jump online and you know, yeah. bang out a parts order. Just make, um, a, yeah, just make a half a dozen link. Uh, um, grips. I'm yeah. Leave you for a while. Just so set up your CAD and a thing about four mach- and just go for it. <laughs> yeah, that's the thing about machining. You can make four just about as easy as you can make two. Yeah, it's just time, really. And um, yeah. like, obviously, I'm going to have to make some spares for this eventually. Um, just looking at – so I, I didn't want any chamfers. I didn't want any, you know, sort of straight, easy edges on these mm-hmm. parts. So, so hence why – you know, there's angles, and at the end of you know, the side of each angle is is nice fillets and radiuses, and it looks like very, like a blended and and smooth sort of surface. Mm-hmm. Those take a long time to profile machine because I, I mean, I could probably speed it up a bit with a bit of optimization, but I, I pretty much did all this ad hoc at the machine on yeah. the fly for the actual machining part of it. So each blade grip literally took like. Oh, I don't know. There's there's probably two three hours in each in each blade group. Um, the the head block itself, there's probably I don't know ten hours in that. The, the, wow. the head the head block is the most complicated geometry on the on the heli. It has the most surface features. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, crazy. Um, it sure looks it, cool though. Yeah. Yeah, it looks nice as a one off. Yeah, for sure. I'm I'm looking at the one picture from the side uh, on your facebook page behind the main shaft yep. there's like a silver barrel uh below the uh elevator servo uh what is that is that i mean it's like I, a belt guide oh yeah yeah belt tensioner belt tensioner belt yeah. yeah okay yeah oh the roller on the side there yeah 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 okay man yeah. this is so, amazing so that's, dude that's just pushed in yeah thank you jeez i can't even i wouldn't even know where to start just Unbelievable, and the battery, the battery just uh, velcros in on the bottom there. No tray system or anything like that, right? Yeah, yeah. So it's, it's lifted up. No, um, yeah. I just wanted to try and keep it reasonably simple. As much as a pain in the ass that is to get the stick pack in with the straps at the back. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, just trying to keep it simple. Plus, uh, a battery tray system would have added a bit of weight, a bit, a bit more weight, which I started to get. Like I had a plan in the beginning to make this as light as possible. Um, but obviously, once you start adding a lot of stuff to it, um, right. mm-hmm. and o- over thicknessing things, so it's, it's funny when you draw something up and you think, "Oh, geez, that doesn't seem very thick." So you beef it up a bit, 
And then once I've machined it here, I'm thinking, gee, I'd yeah. really have some of these things. Um, it's pretty solid at the moment. It's it's 5.55 kilos ready to fly at the moment, and that's without a canopy still, which is going to be probably the largest canopy in the world. <laughs> almost 5.5 is equaling like 12 pounds. Yeah, roughly 12 pounds. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so... I do have a bit of a plan in my mind that, you know, as I start to optimise this, I'll, 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 I do hope to reduce the weight enough so when I add a canopy that it's still at say five and a half kilos. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, was it was it difficult to source the the belt system, like the belts itself, because I feel like they're, you know, the size and the thickness of them is not a common belt. Um. So that was, you know. That was a very stressful time. So while simultaneously designing this heli, Mm -hmm. I would also do a lot of Googling, looking for where I was going to source, you know, the things that I needed to source. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Like the belts and, you know, because that would help determine, you know, design and sizes Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. stuff like that. So all all these belts are actually, you know, just one long, you know, as in thickness wise or height wise. Uh-huh. Um, I, I, I don't know. I don't know what their starting stock is. So all, all timing belts like this are, are cut to to width. So you've just got to actually get that cut for you when you when you contact a belt supplier or on seller or reseller. Okay. So so you, you do have your standard sizes like because because this is a, a three mil pitch HTD profile, which uh-huh. is pretty common on a lot of helis. You get the other versions like the S3M or the Gates GT3s um, and GT2s. Sorry, I sort of forgot where I was going there. <laughs> no worries. You, you just find a belt supplier, and like a lot. Uh, oh, that's what it was. Yeah. Um, in, in this HTD three, you can get six mil. I think it's nine mil and fifteen mil standard thicknesses from any shop. Anything else, you've got to ask them mm-hmm. to, to cut you cut you the right size. So that was stressful in itself, trying to find and get um, these places to not treat me as you know just someone looking for a toy part. And yeah. trying to convince them that, you know, please just sell me the the, the few belts that I need. Right. Um, I'm not I'm not going to buy hundreds of these, and it's not for a car. It's for a, yeah for an RC helicopter. Um. So quite a lot of money was put into just expediting in order to get everything here in time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I can test fit, and you know, while I once I decided to manu- start manufacturing, which I sort of left to last minute. Right, right. Because it's very hard to to, 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 to lock in the design because, you know, the, every time I'd fire the, the laptop back up and start working on it again, I'd, I'd change a few more things. So, yeah, locking in the design was was stressful and relieving once I'd done it. Mm-hmm. But, um, yeah, procuring all this stuff, and it is, it is interesting. You start learning where, you know, say all these heli manufacturers might be sourcing this stuff themselves. Yeah, you know, and you start, you know, you're learning a bit more. You, you think, oh, some of this stuff isn't actually that hard to manufacture yourself. You know, you just got to do it. Um, and other things, you know, you just buy it and chuck it on there. It's, it actually isn't too special. But I tell you what, like after doing this project, I have a lot of respect for all heli manufacturers. Sure, it, it is. It is a, a massive task getting a prototype off the ground. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's more um, to it than you first think when you just think oh you just that'd be easy to design but then you got to figure out all the parts have to fit and 
you know, the, the tolerances for everything. The to- yeah. tolerances start stacking up. Yeah. You know, designing yeah. anything like this is is much more undertaking than people might think. Especially, geez, if I was manufacturing this for for, for resale for for the market, like things would change so much again. Like as it is, like I've I've been asked by people, oh, will you will you make these? Will you sell them? Um, can I buy one? And I, you know, I, it, it's it's too complicated. There's it, it's not profitable. I would be paying people their money back just about, except I'd be handing it to suppliers. Um, or even renting the machine, um, it's mm-hmm. and 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 the way it's designed, like I, I couldn't rely um, on every single part being machined perfectly. Like as it is, like this is very controlled. Like I did yeah. it myself. Yeah, I measured everything. I I, I double cut everything. Um, you know, it was all very because I I knew I didn't have the time to to dick around making the same thing again and again just to hit a size right. So um, if I was making this for market, the fact that you've got other people assembling it and, you know, people who might not have all the tools that you have to assemble, um, mm-hmm. geez, right. the, the, it, it would be insane. I, I, I would, like, I, I'd literally have to sell these pre-assembled. Yeah, like, that's I, the I other thing, right? Otherwise, otherwise my time would be taken up just with tech support or yeah. you know, support. I mean, it, this design is so unique that to be, like, you'd have to put a, I mean, building a manual too would be quite the undertaking. Not alone just designing it and figuring things out and putting it together. Now having to figure out how someone else would be able to put it together, you know, mm-hmm. through like pictures yeah. and numbers and arrows and yeah. Well, I was thinking For about sure. Dave Vindestall with his uh, knife that he made and was getting put together over in I think uh, China. And the horror stories he was saying, I mean, and don't get me wrong, the Chinese people were trying to do it the best they could, but there's a whole, like, the machining quality and then the, the whatever they were doing to the surface of the aluminum, you know, they, they were doing that the wrong and it was like... Anodizing and stuff. Yeah, the yeah. An, anodizing wasn't coming out the way he wanted it. And then it's like, you know, the translation, you know, he doesn't speak Chinese, so he has to go through a translator, try and tell him exactly how to do it. And then you get a different guy who comes on a shift and putting stuff together and say, I and that's just a simple utility knife like to do yeah. something uh this scale just uh, i can seriously understand uh what jeff is saying about you know other manufacturers and what they mm-hmm. go to uh go through to to bring something up from prototype yeah for oh sure. it's huge yeah yeah these yeah it's so much risk involved, and you've got to have so much money on the line. Like I've, I've, I've thought about how I would do this if I wanted to, or even start up my own sort of boutique out of bloody Australia, heli, you know, brand, and it's just, it's just not possible. I would want to make it all myself, but at the same time, that wouldn't be cost effective. Right. And then obviously you've got to have that capital to fund getting um, your supplier out of what would be Asia to um, mm-hmm. you know, get everything QC'd right and. Mm-hmm. up to quality or up to the quality that you'd want to you know attach to your name sure um yeah. so kind of going back into the design part what made you want to set up the motor and uh, the main gear on opposite sides of the main shaft to to have that belt kind of run through underneath your swash like that um i had an idea in my head so so obviously the swash and the servo cyclic servo geometry determined you know, was step one. 
Mm-hmm. Um, the, the the reason for the motor orientation and and the, the drive going to the back like that was, uh, I, it's been in my head for years that I would run it like that to try and keep everything vertically not tall, you know, to, to try and narrow that up because I, I thought, oh, that way I can keep the CG, you know, um, close to the head. Yeah. Um, the, I think there's probably certainly other ways that, you know, I could probably optimise that further. You look at the Goblin Kraken right now and you think, wow, that's, that's yeah. ace. That, that CG is not going to be too far from the, from the centre of the head pivot. Mm-hmm. And, and so it's really just an execution of uh, I, I thought it would be cool to have that belt running under the swash like that just to be different. Um, it, it serves its pers- purpose of getting the two-stage drive, which, you know, you, you use a two-stage drive to try and keep the heli, uh, heli narrow. Yeah. Um, and, and, and that's just a, a pathway around the cyclic servos. And um, that's the way I chose to do it. Um, if anything, I, you know, you... I didn't want to blatantly copy the Banshee either. So a lot of these features that are in this heli obviously come from helis that I've owned over the mm-hmm. years. Um, so Banshee was an inspiration. Heinzlet was certainly an inspiration mm-hmm. plus anything else that I've used. Um, and, and that's really all it is, is my version of the amalgamation of all those ideas um, to, to form something that you know, has, has a few unique features. And that belt drive, I, I think, is probably one of them, yeah. Just going under the swash like that. Plus, yeah, I, I just thought it would be cool to, to yeah. try. It's yeah. it's certainly not like 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 this. This wasn't intended to be a perfect heli, or you know, like oh, the best flying heli, or the easiest to work on, or the best crash resistant. It was just that servo geometry, and then that belt um, pathway. Mm-hmm. Everything else was then modelled around that. Just okay. in order to complete it, in order to complete a heli, so I could just try and make something. Yeah, yeah, nice. Of mine. Yeah. So, so with your your seven sixty config, how does it yep. actually CG? Is it actually pretty spot on, or does it is it become a little tail heavy since everything up front is pretty compact around the, the main gear and the main shaft? I should say, yeah. Yeah. So, um, it is tail heavy the mm-hmm. moment you put the battery where it is right now where the front of that stick pack is pretty much in line with the not just just back of the the cosmic connectors at the front mm-hmm. um the, the cg is right on the center of the main shaft and it's probably at the um if going off the solid model model is reasonably correct which which it is uh, as far as you know what i've modeled i've modeled a fair bit there's there isn't too many components I've left out. Um, mm-hmm. it, it, it's at just at the bottom of the of, of the servos there, so above the above the main gear. So the centre of gravity is right on the main centre of the main shaft and 165 mil below the below the blade centre. Okay. So 165 mil. What's that? That's ooh, five and a half inches. No, sorry, six and a half inches. Oh, cool. It does CG. Good at the moment. Um, if obviously if I added a canopy, I'd probably be shifting that battery just back a you know half an inch. Just a tad, yeah, yeah, just a tad. Which there is plenty of room um, in there to do that too. Nice. Um, and, uh, what what you might find interesting CG wise is if you take out that battery and you fold the blades back into the the blade holder on the boot mm-hmm. there, um, the heli will sit on the bench. 
without nice. falling backwards nice. and falling off uh, a small bench. So yeah, because I because I also worked out where the CG would be in that scenario. Um, the skids um, obviously travel back far enough to support that. So the CG is pretty much just under that that intermediate main gear on top there. Okay. Um, um, when there's no battery pack. Yeah. Nice. Cool. Yeah. So there you go. So when you um, when you were designing the the drivetrain of this helicopter, um, yes. did you did you keep in mind what kind of KV motor you're going to be running, what cell count, you know, like basically overall gear ratio and tail yes. gear ratio you're going to be running? Can you go Certainly. into a little bit of that? Yeah, so I did a lot of so I purchased once again for the for the time constraints I purchased pre-toothed bar stock, so all of, all of this pulleys already had the teeth on, oh, okay. on, the, on the on the on the outside, and then I just machined the rest of them. I measured them to the right size because this bar stock is supplied in um, like eight inch lengths. Mm-hmm. Um, so I had to pick the tooth count very early on in order to procure that material in time. Right. Um, so, yeah, I, 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 I think, geez, where's my little notepad? I, I've got pages of working out my gear train, um, obviously aiming for a, a ratio that, you know, is sort of in line with all the other electric helis that I've owned and or could find, you know, the info on. Mm-hmm. If so yep. I want to aim for that nine and a half to ten sort of main drivetrain ratio. Yep. Um, and also trying to I, – I, I did end up um, going for a, a, a slightly higher tail ratio um, than probably what most 3D helis out are, are at. So the, the tail ratio is 5.1. Whoa. I bet Andy would like that. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> yeah, well, it just meant I didn't have to run huge tail blades for a 760, yeah. which, which are normally, what, 120 mil or 115 mil. So I'm yeah, at least 115 right. at the moment. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so 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 that's a very German thing as well. The Banshee, for example, is five point three eight on the tail, mm-hmm. and the TDF is five point five six. So it's quite high, allowing for that low RPM. Yeah, I was going to say I love that because you can fly low RPM and it still holds. Yeah, or you can run nice small tail blades. So mm-hmm. you know you you get holding in three D around your two thousand, and then when you absolutely crank it to twenty three hundred plus, trying to do a speed pass. You know, you don't get too much overgain or at, at the tail there, chatting yeah. around. Yeah, so um, nice. th- those ratios were one of those things. You know, um, you, you certainly can't dick around with. You have got to lock them in and um, sort of plan them out. Um, didn't do any calcs as to whether you know that sort of um, step down on each stage was the most optimal for power transfer or anything like that. I just. I just thought bugger it. You know, ideally, I want to use the same size, um, you know, big gears there. So at, at the moment, it goes 19 to 66, down to 24, back to back to 66. You know, I don't, I don't want to have to buy too much tooth bar stuff. Yeah, I guess. What's your optimal head speed, or like, what's you know, what's kind of the head speed that you normally run on this heli? Uh, I've got three banks at the moment, 1550, about 1800, and then 2100. Is that the and highest you can go? I think that is current, that's currently 78% on Cosmic. Okay. Um, on, on day one, when I first made it and I you know, ended up kicking through the, 
the, the three banks um, on, on the maiden very first hover. I think I was at about 22.50. And I tell you what, it, it, it moved. It moved very fast. And it sounded bloody awesome. That's a lot um, for a 7.60, though. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah, and um, and I was only at a, about 11 degrees pitch, too, because I'd toned that back just in case because I didn't want to go popping limps on my first fight. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, and just the, I, I do have some hidden footage of the punching out on the collective and in that first first maiden ever. Um, uh, and I bet yeah, that tail was screaming with that ratio too at twenty two fifty. Yeah, I, I mean I've always run pretty low tail gains, so so that's around 40, 40 to forty five at the moment tail yeah. gain. So it, it didn't chatter too much, but well, not by chattering, yeah. but just the whine you get from the. When, whenever you do any kind of force on the tail and you hear the tail really working it, um, mm. you usually hear like a, a high-pitched scream coming from the heli. Yeah, well, this gives a nice sort of sort of hum like it's, you know, like everything's just gearing in for the for the pull-out. Nice. The, you know, yeah, that's pretty cool. Um, pretty nice sound. I've always liked a full belt drive, the noise that it made, especially mm. once you get a, a carbon fiber canopy on it, it'll... If it's anything like the banshee, it'll growl. Yeah, it'll is, reverberate in there. Yeah, sort of what what I want. Yeah, so very cool. That, that's a that's a later stage. That's I'm watching YouTube video after YouTube video now and how to lay my own carbon fiber and mold. Yeah, do some in, so. do some molding, injection molding, or whatever. Not injection molding, but will you layer it and vacuum seal it into a mold? Yeah, vacuum. Um, yeah. If I can, if we can use the ovens at work, I, I might aim for pre-preg. Um, other, you know, so that way I don't have to inject all the bloody epoxy myself. Right, right. You should pre-preg, lay it down. Yeah. Um, yeah. Cook nice. it. So, but, but that's at a later stage. So for, for now, the, the immediate plan is just to get a Spectre canopy mounted because Spectre do a large version of the canopy to suit their 760 stretch. It's quite, okay. it's quite a bit bigger than their stock canopy, and that just sort of fits. Um, so I do want to mount that. Um, just so I've got something visible because right now it's it starts to get a bit hard to to see and so it's not confidence inspiring to just throw it up and bang out flight after flight. So if I can get something on there so I can actually see this thing in the sky confidently mm-hmm. um, and, and that'll help me bang out the flight count so I can watch parts wear and that and, you know, simultaneously I'll, I'll work on my own canopy. Nice. Mainly, I mean, it, it, it'd be very easy to just get someone else to do it right now, but you know, then I'm, I won't learn anything. So, and, and yeah, that's exactly. what this heli is all about. Because, like, I, as I said, I'm not going to produce this heli for the market. But what it does is teach me a lot of things. So then I can eventually offer something that I can produce and be, you know, cost effective for people to be able to fly at least, or at mm-hmm. least an option. You know. Awesome, yeah. man. So how does it fly? So far, so good. If anything, I've, I've still got to do a bit more tuning. Um, uh, some of the, the linkages I've probably got to tighten up a bit. Um, I, I'm not happy with how loose they are on the balls, you know, and that was out of the packet. I've used those 6 mil balls um, that obviously come with the logo, um, so I'm probably going to replace all them soon. So it's not so – it feels a little mushy at the moment, um, but then once I crank it up to 2100, it's – yeah, it's an animal. If anything, nice. I've, I've now got to tone it back a little bit. Nice. Um, so I'm, I'm still tuning it. I've done probably oh, about 18 flights so far. It's tallied up, including those initial couple of hovers, which yeah. what I do, I did three, four hovers and then 
had to disassemble it to take it over to the event. Um, and even at that time, it was interesting. Like I had a massive tail wag and you know, it was just a brand new bearing in the in one of the tail blade grips. So I, I, at the event, I changed that out. And next minute, very next flight, it's flying mint. Flying, nice. flying awesome, you know. Like and, and the fact that it's still in one piece, I was yeah. quite relieved about. Um, but yeah, no, it's, it's, it's been very cool. Just to, just to have it, you know, actually flying. It's quite, yeah. quite chuffed, quite chuffed. Is there video and, and it got of a good, this flying? It, it got a good... Yeah, there's, there's yeah. videos. Okay. Yeah. So there's a couple so far. I've got my mate Hamish Scott, who's probably... Yeah. Um, he, he's what Australia's probably number one flyer at the moment in regards to... Yeah, he's very good. He's a very good helicopter, oh, yeah. Yeah, he's very precise. Jeez, mm-hmm. Yeah. And he's, he's a... He's a good bloke too, which is which is always good. And um, helps, I, uh-huh. I, I, I get I get him to fly all my helis and <laughs> make the odd videos. He loves flying the hinds loops and um and um yeah, I got him to do a bit of a test flight there. It's on the Heli Freak link and Russell posted all over Facebook. It's on my YouTube channel. Yep. Um and then I've put I put a video up there which, you know, if you if you got a problem with insomnia, you should watch it. It'll help you so Jeff, I cut you off. Yeah. You were going to say uh, you went, you brought it to the event, and it it got a good review. Is that what you were going to say? Yeah, it was good. Um, like part of the reason too, I wanted to get it to the event was just to get a bit of, you know, this. I don't, I don't like the attention so much, but I, I just wanted it to sort of inspire everyone a bit. You know, as part of the whole like because the event was going to do that anyway. You know, everyone coming together. You know, good good atmosphere and everything, but just right. to show that. Hey, look! Something new to look at as well. That's unique. It's the only one in the world, and it was made locally. You know, because we—that's the problem with Australia at the moment. We're sort of not making much ourselves anymore. Yeah, which is probably like a lot of places. You know, yeah, countries in the world with with everything getting outsourced to the cheapest supplier. Yeah. Um. So yeah, it was just a bit of that. You know, it's it's it was motivating for me. It's trying to motivate for others. I'm, you know, and um. Just, just getting a bit of enthusiasm going, I guess, in, in, in another in another way, beyond the flying and beyond the event and beyond the, you know, the awesome 3D Carnpuni who was absolutely sending it nice. so hard at the event. So good to watch. Nice. Yeah. But, yeah, no, reception was good. And, and, and that was yeah, – that's always been a big thing for me is, is I, I, I get stuck on the negative people in the past. So this time I've used this as a – as a personal example too, to just just to, um, try to ignore all that and just focus on the positives, you know. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah, yeah. Um, I love the design with no boom supports. I think more helicopter companies should do this. Uh, just boom supports are just a failure waiting to happen into the boom into the, your main blades. Um, so yeah. I love that you know you didn't you I guess I I know you kind of took a lot of ideas off like. The henslets and the banshees and stuff, which yeah, so yep. but it looks great. I do love that I you know that you did that. I do have a question yeah, about. I, I, I wouldn't do all this effort to have bloody boom struts. I can tell you that. Like like and if and I'll tell you what if if this the thirty mil diameter carbon boom doesn't last, uh-huh. I'll just put a bigger diameter boom in. <laughs> I right, won't be right. Supports on. I'll just keep going bigger. The old yeah. the old Russian go engineering. Bigger. If it doesn't work, just go bigger. Just go bigger, exactly. Bigger and thicker, yeah. Mm-hmm. Nice. Yep. All right, so I want to talk about 
under the intermediate shaft, there's a logo. And I just kind of, I'm curious what that logo is. If you know what I'm talking about in the um, side frame there. Yeah, so I uh, obviously had that space that was full of carbon uh-huh. still. And I thought, oh, I'll put something there. Um, I wanted something machining related. And that, geez, just through Google Images, like that is apparently a symbol for precision. And I thought, all right. And um, what's interesting is the company that I work for, their logo is sort of, if, if you got rid of the arrows, is just the four sections of a circle like that. So I don't know. But, yeah, sorry, there isn't really some great meaning to it. <laughs> well, it just means next time you're yeah. like, oh, that logo? Oh, there's a huge story. Behind. Yeah, I, I'm going to have to make a better story for so you. So that, yeah. that stands for Precision Chopsy. Yeah. Uh, allegedly, yes. Precision yes. four axis <laughs> CNC. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, yeah. I, I was quite happy with my fits because it, it, it's interesting, you know. Um, if you, oh, you know, this bearing fitted in easy there, and then I had to push it into this part of the bearing block there, and then this and that. You know, the usual complaints that come from mm-hmm. people building helis, and you think it's not that easy, eh? It, 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 it like these are quite precise. Fits. If you want every well, single bearing fit yeah. to be the same, oh, there, there's such a small tolerance. Yeah. So um, I, I pretty much tried to give myself maybe 01 millimeters sort of play on these diameters. Um, and it got to the point where I just thought, bugger it. Like, if anything, I would rather be able to push a bearing in by hand and put a bit of bearing retainer on it than to have mm-hmm. to heat stuff up heaps because at the end of the day, it's still holding it where it needs to be. Yeah. Um, you know, and I have all the the other supporting features on the shafts and that that stop the bearings from walking out anyway. Right. Um, it's it's yeah. You you don't want this to be too difficult. But I tell you what, pushing because those blade grips um, mm-hmm. is very banshee inspired. So there's two needle roller bearings in those. Yeah. And they're on the spindle, and then you've got the thrust bearing, and then it's just a um, titanium M8 bolt that holds the blade grip. Um, with the thrust bearing underneath its head, straight onto the centre block, there is no dampening in those blade grips, or or in the or in the you know where the blade grips connect to the the head block. Um, wow. So those p- pushing in those needle rollers, that was a bit of a bit of a little learning experience there. All of a sudden, I had to hot shot another another four bearings down to myself from uh. Perth. Yeah, when I buggered the first lot. Yeah, those things suck. <laughs> They're so yeah. hard to do anything yeah. with needle bearings. Yeah. They fall but, um, you know, they, they're nice and wide, so they, they create all right. that. Right. Oh, no, they're great for that application. That they're just a, a pain to install. <laughs> nice. Yeah, so. and then I've got my dampenings actually on the main shaft of the head block. Right. Which is very unique design, yeah. right? Uh, I... Look, before a lot of people comment all over social media, oh, gee, Steve, it's not unique. I've seen it here. I've seen it there. Um, the, the dampening system is Banshee. The needle rollers is Banshee. I've got nothing to hide there. The, um, the, 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 the followers coming off the head there to support the pitch arms, that's very Heinzlet inspired. Um, yeah. Yeah. The, 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 the rest is my way of producing that servo geometry and that belt path. Yep. Um, yeah. Obviously every feature is going to come from somewhere. If, if yeah. you've got if you've got a unique idea these days you better paint it. 
Uh, yeah. Right. <laughs> nice. There's pretty much none left anymore, which is a shame. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Yep. At least none that yep. we can see. We can have foresight over, you know, like some kid will develop something without even thinking about it, not even knowing anything about RC helicopters, but be like, whoa. And it'll be a mind blowing thing, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah, certainly. I've, I mean, I've, I've got some ideas for for some what they what the future projects will be. So if I can ever eventuate any of those, then it'll be good to try some other things. But pretty much just taking ideas from say other industries and other mechanical layouts, and then just seeing if they they work on a on an RC helicopter platform. Mm-hmm. You know, in order to produce at the end of the day, we're just producing geometry here. Yep. True. So it's how, just just how you go about it. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Do you guys have any other questions or should we move on? Yeah, I have a, I have a question. Yeah. Jeff, do you, did you keep up with the amount of time that you did with the design and the modeling and the machine time? Like, I'm just curious how many hours uh, um, it took not, you. Not exactly. I've loosely guessed it because I tell you what, I, I, I burnt out. Mm-hmm. pretty early on in this. So after a solid three, four weeks of designing and procuring, um, the procuring was just as stressful as trying to sure. lock in the design. I burnt out there and I did have a couple of weeks off, but all that did was make it very intense at the end there when I pretty much machined everything except the blade grips in the last sort of week and a half, two weeks. You'd probably be putting about 350 hours total. Mm-hmm. In, into this so there's about 200 hours of you know um time on the laptop um prior to making anything and then a, another 150 hours in the machine shop yeah yeah i was just curious i mean yeah. it just takes forever like i've done a little bit of solid modeling stuff but i really suck at it so i'm super slow and mm-hmm. it, it seems like it would take me 500 hours just to do the do the design yeah, well, there's a lot of going back and forth too, because obviously, you know, you you lock in those things like I lock in the the three mm-hmm. servo positions, and and even that, like I started designing those. I had an old model where I'd modelled up a Fataba servo, mm-hmm. and then I'm like, no, nah, I'm, I'm going to be buying these MKS five seven five low profiles. So next minute, I had to procure those and procure the servo horn yeah. and the ball that was going to so mount could, on those, mm, so yeah. I could lock in where they go. And so sure. you, you always had all these revisions and then playing around and trying to get everything, you know, working together. And then and then once you make the assembly, you know, the all these components coming together, you know, if the assembly falls over, sometimes you you're there stuck for an hour bloody trying to fix everything up when you know a mate didn't go quite to plan, or it yeah. doesn't exactly quite line up to the to the zero zero zero, you know. Yep. Um, so mm-hmm. there's a well, yeah, it's, it's, it's it's very frustrating. Yeah. it's definitely an achievement what you've done here i yeah. mean it's yeah for sure fantastic thanks awesome yeah it, and 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 that's really good to hear like not that you know oh, i need that or if you didn't say that that i'd oh you dickhead what would you know like like that it, it, it's it's that sort of feedback that like without going to my head or anything just inspires me to to want to make more and want to right. do more and, right. you know, tr- try and finally use what I do on a daily basis to eventually offer the hobby something, you know, and sure. now um, beyond just the excitement of, oh, cool, something new was designed by a bloke and 
in his spare time at work, you know. If, yeah. if I can eventually get something that helps people fly more often at the field or have something special to fly that just happened to come out of Australia or, you know, wh- whatever that sort of reason is, you know, just if, yeah, I'm, I'm yeah, it, it's that sort of feedback that certainly inspires to to want to keep or to, you know, to try and do a bit more. Well, yeah. I, I got to imagine and, 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 and it's also coming from just being another consumer. I got to imagine, too, coming from guys that fly the helicopters. I mean, off the street, somebody can say, yeah, that's great. But when, you know, you got a couple of guys or a bunch of guys that know what goes into it or can only imagine what goes into it, you know, it's got to be mean, mean more to you, you know? Yeah. yeah there's, I mean, I, I, apart from just the effort that's gone into this, it's, you know, the, the, the impact that it had on my life as well in that, like, as I mentioned, you know, I've had some dramas at home and I put the resolution of, you know, trying to fix my own life on hold so I could finish this heli because I knew that I wasn't going to be at home because mm-hmm. the amount of hours that were put in. So, you know, there's a bit more meaning to it than that, but that's, you know, that, that's for me to own. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, you know, it isn't just a, I just knocked it up one day and, I right. think it's the best thing ever. No, it's just a, a culmination of a few ideas. And, um, yeah, a learning experience. Excellent. It's been quite sure. been very cool, and um, I'm very excited now about what's what's coming up soon. So, mm-hmm. yeah. Awesome, man. What, what What's next? Cheers. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> yeah. All right. Uh, okay, any more questions? What do you guys think? My brain's smoking just trying to, yeah, just I'm looking just, at the pictures for this thing. An amazing accomplishment. It's awesome. Yeah, seriously. Well, was, uh, there's a picture on the heli, fe- heli freak thread of the head block. Yeah. I was yep. ogling over that for like 10 minutes. That's a oh, yeah, sweet that, that, uh, piece. That was a miss in that to, to machine that because, um, in, in the way that it works with the software that I've got on my laptop, I can, I can do all the drawing at home. Mm-hmm. Um, but actually doing the the solid cam, the the camming up of all the machining profiles, um, oh, the my connection from home to the work server in order to obtain that license for that software um, just didn't work at the time. So mm-hmm. I was unable to program this ahead of going to the workshop. So oh, wow. I went in there, mm. um, commandeered the machine um, when the bloke went home on a Saturday. Um, lucky enough, there was a, a night shift running that night. So because you're not allowed to be the only person there in the workshop mm-hmm. um, by yourself. Um, and that head block, just the first operation of machining all that out in the fourth axis, geez, that took, oh, that, that was a solid eight hours of, you know, just programming and machining it yeah. bit by bit, getting through the process. And it turned out to be about 60, 60 machining operations um, wow. in order to profile all those surfaces out. Wow. So hence, hence why when I... At, at the, the Heli Heatwave <laughs> event over here, when um, Ra Kaban, the designer and owner of XL Power, um, I showed him the Heli when he was there, and he was touching the head block, you know, feeling all the surfaces and the, the grips and all that, and I said, do you want to make this for me? And he said, no, too, too expensive, <laughs> you know, way too expensive to make, too, too many yeah. surfaces, you know. Mm-hmm. Well, and you no couldn't make any of them. No one will be able to afford this. 
Yeah, and you couldn't make any of them straight and square. You had to make everything all, you know, smooth and sexy and rounded. Yeah, and yeah. Feel it. Yeah. it looks awesome, but I know it's just a bear to machine. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, if I was going to do all this work, I wasn't going to have bloody – I wasn't going to be bringing in a shamper <laughs> tool. I was going to use a bull nose and do a uh-huh. nice little 0.05 millimeter step oh, wow. back and forward yeah. to try and carve it all out. Yeah. It's awesome. Yeah. Cheers. Nice. Um, oh, and just in case any heli manufacturers are listening to this podcast or when they are listening to it, mm-hmm. um, can can you please consider roll tapping all your threads? And that way we get a stronger thread and that way people can just in and out with bolts all the time and not have any dramas of stripping so much. It's not What hard. is that, roll tapping? Uh, roll tapping. So you use a fluteless tap. And uh, instead of cutting the thread, f- you actually form uh, the forms, material yeah, into the thread. Like the displaces the metal to make oh, the thread instead it. of cutting yeah. and, and compresses the material a bit. And you end up with roughly a, like a 20% stronger thread. Oh, wow. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. I'm sure the cost of making those bolts are probably a lot higher. Oh, you're not making the bolt. It's just the threaded holes in all the aluminium. Oh, oh, so, just threading the holes. So, okay. So, so you thread all those holes and you make all them a bit stronger. So whenever you do chuck a bolt in and out, you know, you know, yeah, probably yeah. doesn't Not cost any more because aluminum's really easy to roll thread because it's sure. soft. It's pretty that's soft. It. Right? Yeah, it's, it's, it's just a different drill size. Mm. That's all it is. You just drill a hole a bit bigger. So that's why I throw that out there. <laughs> yeah. It might cost five cents more, dude. That's five cents too much. I doubt it cost any more. This is true. To be honest, <laughs> no, probably Unless doesn't. The tap, tap might cost. Yeah, the tap might cost a little more, but but not not probably not. It might be less expensive actually. I tell you what does cost more is when you make the very silly decision um, for anywhere that's not like a like a blade grip bolt or the you know any main M4 and M5 sort of structural bolts is when you think oh I'll, I'll use titanium bolts. Um, which which I've done um, for a lot of these bolts in this heli, unless, you know, holding the frame on and that. But oh, it's 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 not good. Yeah, it's not good. They have a limited time going in and out. You know, if you're assembling, oh. disassembling. Oh, the amount of heads I snapped off, and then I'm like, oh, now I've got to retrieve mm. the, oh, the rest of the bolt out. And especially oh. when you're talking, you know, a couple of bucks a bolt, you think, wow, why did I do this? So we and and the, yeah, the silly <laughs> part is, I've always known this, and I thought, oh, I can save a bit of weight. By going titanium, it's not worth it. It yeah. made thirty grams of difference over the whole heli. Mm-hmm. It's not worth it. Nope. Yeah. Sure, sure. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, sure. Cool. Oh, and all the aluminium in this heli is seven oh seven five, which is yeah much stronger. As you're starting to hear about the Kraken head, they've made it out mm-hmm. of the same material. Yeah, much stronger aluminium than your than your standard six thousand series. Yep. All yeah, right. it's a lot of details there. Sorry, no, no, Please it's great. No, no, oh, this and is um, what we want to join the show for. <laughs> yeah, while we're on the topic of this heli, if I could just um do a shout out to yeah. Ozzy Mozzy, uh-huh. Charlie Lewis, and Hamish Scott. Um, these three guys. Um, I, I did start a bit of a, a messenger group just to you know chuck my pictures up and discuss it as it was being designed and manufactured, and um yeah, it was. Those three guys that sort of definitely um, helped get me through this and, um, you know, inspired me to 
keep going. You know, their their excitement at the at the hard times was was certainly that thing that brought it back to, mm. to, to wanting to complete it. Yeah. And just to, you know, be able to share with them and show them at the end of the day. So yeah. those three guys, awesome. Thank you. Well, I mean, how awesome. can you let down a guy with the name Ozzy Mozzy? He almost single-handedly keeps the, the RC Heli Australia bloody um, Facebook page alive with updates <laughs> uh-huh. and that. You know, he, he loves it so much. He, you know, every now and again you see him posting, you think, oh, shit, I, I need to get out there and, you know, contribute, you know. Right. Because there he is, bat- banging it out, you know, the contributions to at least just, you know, it's just another Facebook update that, you know, you see it and you go, damn, I need to go flying. He's nice. out there flying. <laughs> yeah, so. Awesome. Good dude. Yeah, man. I guess at this point, let's move it on. Okay. Yep. Let's move it. Okay. Oh. Let's do the top 10 shotgun round. Oh, jeez. Yes. All right, uh, what order do you guys want to go in? I'll go third. All right, I'll go first this time. I'll go second. Nice. Why don't you go second? <laughs> All right. Let's let's uh, let's start it up. The top ten shotgun round. Okay. Pinch your thumb. Thumb. Nitro or electric? Definitely electric, but... I will finally have a reason to learn nitro with a project, the next project that's coming soon. Ooh, yeah. nice. Yeah, so nitro I, I can't say too much yet. Oh, uh, boy. It is, it is nitro conversion. Ooh, I sweet. would say not, not for, a, for an existing heli, so I'm trying to contribute to another brand at the moment. I'm trying to help awesome. them a bit. Get something out. So I don't want to say too much more because I know nothing about nitro, but I reckon I can wing it and um, get one made. So, nice. That's very yeah, cool. I've got some. I've got, got some ideas. I've I've read a couple of like the the synergy manuals are definitely bloody awesome to check out. You know, because I've never flown one. I've never built one. So mm-hmm. have have a quick look through some of those manuals and geez, the Goblin Nitro is something to you know to be inspired by as well. Um, yep. Uh, and um, yeah, I just try and put my take on one of those and to do a bit of and another nice. prototype. So yeah, well, you got the CNC skills to do it. You know the design work. So that's it. Yep, I've got to yep. use my one and only skill. <laughs> give something back. <laughs> yeah, man. <laughs> All right. <laughs> yeah. All right. Uh, five hundred and below, or five fifty and bigger. 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 Definitely, nice. definitely bigger. Awesome. You've got bad eyes. <laughs> when was the last time you flew a? Did you have you ever flown a fly bar, Heli? No, no. Before my time, before my time, and geez, electric was hard enough getting going in the beginning. Yeah, I still don't know how to tune. <laughs> <laughs> Bugger that! Uh, Makes it harder. Yeah, sport or three D. Uh, 3D and big air. Big air, 3D. So I, yeah, I do big air, and I aspire to do more 3D. Nice. Yep. Strap or strapless? Strap. Strap. Definitely strap. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm short on talent. <laughs> uh, let's see here. Where were we? Cordless or brushless servos? Brushless. Nice. nice. Always brushless. Yeah. 
What do you prefer, the fuselage style or pod and boom? Uh, pod and boom's just been my preference because that's just what I've ended up with most of the time. Although I tell you what, um, either a speed fuse or this Kraken is starting to pique my interest to get that sort of look going again. Mm. So yeah, I am, I am, I am tickled by by the Kraken. So maybe, but but but, but pot and boom is, is definitely going to be what I especially make or manufacture myself just mm-hmm. due to ease. The moment sure. I've got to mould up a carbon fibre boom, geez. Yeah. yeah. Once, once again, short on talent at the moment. So. <laughs> I would not say that <laughs> from what I've seen. Oh, I, I haven't done the carbon work yet. Um, all I've done is milled some out, so we'll see. We'll see. Yeah. Uh, low or high head speed? Both. So I've always been high head speed, but um, since buying the TDF, oh, low. It's um, it's so relaxing and so just calming, you know, as opposed to just trying to fly big. Low, low, low allows me to, to sort of try and lock it in a bit tighter because even though I feel like I'm using a lot more collective in order to keep the heli in the air, right? Um, at the same time, when you do load up the collective when you're using a, a 550 class motor in a 700 heli um you know you, you you get the reaction of bogging so you know it, it is low head speed and a light heli like that is is certainly my thing at the moment it's helping me progress a lot more than i just trying to thrash it okay yep at high head speed nice and then uh final question would be urcha or smaller events like big events versus small events Biggest event I've been to is the one I went to last month, and I think it was about 50 pilots. Um, so that's a big event for me. Um, but if that's a small event, then smaller events it is. Um, being able to hang out with you know, everyone there as opposed sure. to um, what I imagine it would be like where it's so huge that you end up sort of congregating in groups anyway right? and, and yeah. not necessarily mm-hmm. may, maybe seeing everyone. Um, I, I definitely like, you know, shit stirring and getting involved with everyone at the event <laughs> right on yeah sweet yeah, so I, I only need small events i fly by myself most of the time so if i get together with one or two other people it's a it's an awesome day out for me right it's it's something mm-hmm. something that i remember forever because it's mm. it's yep. that lame most of the time otherwise <laughs> yeah awesome all right cool Okay, next, uh, before we get into news and announcements, let's uh, let's see what the Free C Planker channel reporter, I don't even know what the hell we name it. Oh, boy. Let's see, let's see what Mike D's up to. Okay. The Mike D report. You're going to piss off people not only in America, but in Australia as well. Okay, everybody, it's the SpongeBob hour. Wait, wait, no. Hold on. What's it supposed to be? Free fall, stupid shit. Well, who who can kick my I don't who can kick my ass? The free fall guys or the SpongeBob kids? All right, all right, all right, all right. Just start it over. Just start it over. We'll do the stupid free fall shit. Yeah, those SpongeBob kids—they're a little scary. Planker Channel reserves all rights to everything Planker. If you like it, we did it. If you don't like it, we don't know anything. Anyone listening to this broadcast automatically yields all rights to everything in perpetuity to Planker Channel, including all men, women, children, pets, and small rodents. Yo, 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 we are here. Woohoo! Good riff. 
possible, really, that this is episode 5 of the Freefall RC Planker News Service? Amazing. We had some computer glitches this week, but we got that sorted out, and now we uh, have our uh, listener um, comments section up and running, so let's go through some of those. Alright, Rita printed these out for me. Okay, Mike, we saw a photo the other day, and you have a great face for audio. That's not very nice. Let's try another one. This is an attempt to collect a debt. Oh, no, we don't need that one either. Okay, let's hold on a second here. What do we got? Your balance has dropped below the minimum. Jeepers, not that either. Hold on. Hey, Planker, I heard a great segment last week. See, I knew I was going to get some good ones. On a different show. Yours still sucks. <laughs> hey guys, it's Mike DeGeneros IX12 here again. I got in some trouble last time because the vacuum cleaner did not get a turn to get payback. How's it going down there? Are you done with this ass? Hole. Well, kind of. I was trying to get payback from this dickhead. Shit, shit. I may have sucked up some dingleberries. Ha, ha, ha. That means you're full of shit. Damn, for real. This is not cool at all. Okay. Stop screwing around and finish with this ass. Hole. Next time, with the planker. Beans, beans, beans. Recycle your crashed helicopter blades into cash. She's right, he's wrong. End of story. The Kevin Apology Tour. No, in fact, I'm happy to see you. What's the best way to hide those skid marks on your underwear? Nuts, bolts, and you're screwed. No one is available to take your call. Please leave a message after the tone. Hey, Kevin, it's Owen Lester. Um, we can't... This Thrustmaster is pretty badly damaged. <laughs> We're not exactly sure what type of a lubricant you put on this thing, but whatever it is, it's not really made for that. We're also not too sure why is it, it, the whole thing is so sticky. The guys in the shop are just confused about why is this thing so sticky. Hey guys. Hey Kevin, Steve, Andy. This is Ernie over at the accountant's office. I've got some free Paul RC business that I need to go over with you guys. And uh, hold on, I'm going through these now. There's a lot of strange things on this expense account for 2018 that I just don't understand. Um, okay, so hair and nail appointments are not uh, a business expense. We have something here called a Merkin. We don't know who did this. In fact, um, Celeste. Did you get that? Yeah, Celeste had to do some digging to figure out what a Merkin is. Turns out that's a pubic wig. I have no idea who got that one. Uh, the Chuck E. Cheese uh, gift card, maybe we can get that in there. We'll try. Okay, so now you guys have an expense here for a gerbil insertion. don't know what that means. Oh, wait, and there's a gerbil extraction. Okay, so now we can figure out a way to get the liquor bill. Uh, under the free fall expense account um, and we were like wow this is a lot this is 1287.50 but turns out that's not for the year that's just for uh, <laughs> November December okay and lastly you've got a lot of stuff here you've got candy um, flowers cakes all kinds of presents uh, a lot of overnight shipping I, I don't know who, uh, what's the name on this? 
All right. So whoever Kyle Stacy is, I, that's, you're, not, you're gonna have to not. That's not an expense. Call me back, guys. Yeah. Hey, uh, free folk guys. This is uh, Billy. Billy over here at uh, Jersey uh, Hobby Shop here, uh, Exit 42. Uh, we really don't appreciate the message you guys left on the machine about our hours. Yeah, yes, we are absolutely open 24 hours, just like the sign says. Definitely, absolutely, positively, we are open 24 hours. Just not all in a row. <laughs> oh, boy. Is that okay. it? That was the end? I think so, yeah. That's, that was the end, five and a half minutes. Dude, is he, like, starting uh, cash for blades, like cash for clunkers? Is that what he's going to do? No, save the fly bar. I don't know. Save the blades. <laughs> Turn in your old blades. Maybe we'll see. I seriously don't know where Mike comes up with this, and I'm I'm interested in seeing how long he can do this. You know, because it's it's got to be hard to to. It's got to burn it out fresh. one day. Yeah, I mean, just like you know, eventually you're gonna run out run of ideas, out of, right? Yes, yeah, I'm saying. How Are you kidding with the going? dumb shit I do? He's <laughs> not gonna run out of ideas anytime soon. <laughs> nice one. Oh boy. <clears throat> uh, yeah. <laughs> awesome. All right, let's move it to news and announcements. Okay, news and announcements. All right, I know this first one. Uh, we've gotten actually questions about it when we originally mentioned it, but then it kind of disappeared, and now it's back. What's this? It's back. Yeah. Uh, we got links, canopy mounts, magnetic. magnetic. Yep. So you can um, this for the. Canopy mouse too. They're not like you know three D printer or anything weird like that. It's it's proper. Yeah, uh, Oxy three or four mm-hmm. magnet canopy post. Yep. You can get the set uh, fourteen ninety nine. Get uh, I guess two two sets enough to do one helicopter. So right and the left, and the mm-hmm. brackets and everything you need. Sweet. Yep. I gotta get Link's some of these. Awesome. Yeah, I love. I got so spoiled with the Protos. Oh, that yeah. Using these things, I mean, they're just awesome. You just yep. throw the canopy on there, and it sticks. So, nice. Those are cool. Sweet. Let's see. And uh, last week, when I was talking about fun flies, I forgot the RCHO Super Pool coming up April nineteenth through the twenty. First, the super pool, the super pool in uh, Nightdale, North Carolina. Nice. So, if you're anywhere in the area, go check that out. I guarantee it to be a fun time. Uh, awesome. Landing fees twenty dollars for pilots. Uh, AMA, of course. Dinner will be for, provided on Saturday night, and I think they're doing a raffle, and you can earn raffle tickets for your crashes. Oh, check them out. Six oh four three Sisters Road, Nightdale, North Carolina. So does that include the Blade Nano Two S? Because I can crash that like freaking four hundred times. Would mm, I get a ticket each I don't time? Know. Maybe. I'm calling technical foul on that one. <laughs> if I don't get it, <laughs> no, I'm not going to be there. So as much as I'd like to, yeah. Me, yeah, I'd love to go, but I probably won't make it either. i got to get stupid corn planting. <laughs> but I wanted to throw that out there. If you're in the area, go check them out. Cool bunch of people over there. 
cool. And we got the E flight foam frenzy sale is going on right now. Uh, it, they caught, they de- tout it as the craziest sale of the year. From now until April 30th. What the what? What is that? Take, is that? Take up to $50 off select E-Fly, Bind and Fly, Bind and Fly basic airplanes during the foam frenzy. And uh-huh. $15 off select ultra micro models. Uh, $25 off parked flyers. So check them out. E-Fly, horizonhobby.com. Awesome. So wow, the V nine hundred. I can get twenty bucks off of that. Twenty five dollars off of it. I can almost, you can almost get that bind and fly for one hundred fifty bucks. Yeah, it's like a uh, same price as like an EFX racer. Yeah, which is like you know a comparable model, right? Mm-hmm. Nice. No way. Looks like the fifty dollars off is for the Carbon Z stuff. Yeah, like the Carbon Z Cessna one fifty. Yep. That's a hell of a good coupon though. Fifty bucks. Yeah. That's that's just foam frenzy. It's a frenzy, man. It's a freaking foam frenzy. frenzy. Foam. A foam frenzy. <laughs> See, freaking E flight foam frenzy. <laughs> yeah. Awesome. Check it out. All right. Any other news and announcements? That's all I've got. Or at least that's all I can remember right now. I have some I have an announcement. Um, What's that? My my uh, Facebook account messenger might have been cloned or hacked. So if you do get a message from me, it's not me. I'm still waiting for my two million dollars. You promised because I'm not ever messaging anybody usually. Uh, anyways, so um. Oh, I was excited about the sexy pics, Kev. Oh, I don't, <laughs> I don't even know, dude. I don't even know what's going on anymore. That's not you. No. <laughs> No, I don't take sexy pictures. There's just nothing. There's no chance in that happening. So um, yeah, I tried to screw with them for a while, but then I got bored and give up. Did they get back to you even more? After oh yeah. What you show me? Oh, oh yeah. Well, don't people have better things to do? Oh, how'd you screw with them? I'm curious. They never messaged me. I'm kind of hurt that they didn't bother me. Well, they said they like asked me if I'd heard from this whatever thing. Uh huh. It's like, have you heard from them yet, Andy? I always put my name in it, right? Mm-hmm. I was like, I was like, no, but you still owe me a hundred dollars. I lost my <laughs> wife, my house, and a new pair of underwear thanks to you. Ah! you pay up. Yeah. <laughs> so nice. here's what they wrote. Yes, I know I do, and that is why I have to hit you up and also share the good news with you. And I am so sorry for your wife lost. Okay, Andy. <laughs> oh my God. Yeah. yeah, yeah so. Just kept going on and know. on until they get to the $200,000 thing, whatever. I'm just bullshit. glad English is such a tough language because you can pick it up right away. Oh, you could. Yeah, it's immediately. I mean, not even that. It's like, I mean, no, no, like, learn mannerism or American mannerism. Like, we don't always call each other by their first, everyone's first name. Like, we, I don't always call Kevin, well, Kevin. I mean, I say Kev, like, dude, I, bro, you know, like, I, yeah. I wasn't paying attention because so when it just popped up, Kevin and said hi, yeah. Andy. I was like, "Hey, what's up?" And yeah. then it's then then they said, "I was thinking about you." So immediately, <laughs> oh, and I right know there, that's you're wrong. like red flag. <laughs> the <laughs> next thing I would have put if that was actually me was, "I just got off the toilet." I was thinking <laughs> yeah, yeah. about you. So it says, "I was thinking <laughs> about you." Well, I'm good and ha- and am um, 
I'm doing good and wonderfully blessed. Okay, have you heard yeah. about the good news about blah, blah, blah? Like done. Yeah. So I'm like okay. That's not Kevin. So I message him. Like, did you message me? He's like, nope. Like, well, my, not Facebook, hack. my Facebook account got hacked or cloned <laughs> and I'm wonderfully blessed. Yeah. yeah. So, so like, I've been thinking about you. I was like, bullshit. I used to say that when people called, when people would call me, you know, I'd pick up the phone and they'd, I'd be like, hey, I was just thinking about you. And they'd get all excited. They'd be like, oh, really? And I was like, yeah, I just got off the toilet. <laughs> <laughs> and they'd be like, oh, you're such a douche. Why, why'd I even call? Yeah. Uh, you're like, exactly. Why did you even call? Yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. I'm going to start doing that, Kevin. That's an awesome idea. Yeah, see, if you hang out with me long enough, you'll get in trouble in some yeah. way, shape, or form. Yep. <laughs> Steve's like, yep. Mm-hmm. All right, so what else we got going on here? What are we doing? All right. Before we move it on to what's next for you in the hobby, we have the promo for next week's episode of the Free Fall. What did you call it? Free Fall Planker I don't know. channel, news media, outlet, something. Yeah. Uh, one of these days, I'll get that thing right. Fitz, Terry, and... No one cares. (laughs) Yes, and now on with the show. It's a fetal cantaloupe here. Once upon a time in Alaska was a girl named Reader. Non RC Hellies. Yeah, Mr. DeGenero, Alan Parsons, Esquire. For fall? Freefall? Freefall? I don't know. And who or what is a. Yoda. <laughs> oh, nice. Dude, it sounded like uh, a nitro heli flying and somebody shooting at it at one point. Hey. Did you catch that? Yeah, we'll see. <laughs> All right. So, what's next for you in the hobby? What's next for you, Andy? I got to finish this uh, 600 for my buddy, put a couple flats on it to break it in, and then just fly more. Is that your buddy, Derek? Yeah, Derek. Yeah, he messaged me. Uh, on facebook and said you know can you talk to andy because he still hasn't finished my 600 yeah and then i said i will but it's gonna cost you two million dollars <laughs> <laughs> i expect you to be like andy who <laughs> andy, andy who who this <laughs> who this new phone who this <laughs> yeah cool man start we'll f- try to fly more get out and fly uh, maybe before work or something nice Yep. Awesome. Kevin? Oh, uh, dude, we got the uh, TCRC Nightfly coming up. So When's that? It's this weekend. It's this Saturday. thought you just had a Nightfly. Yeah, no, it felt like just a couple weeks ago. And I thought I heard it was this Saturday. I might be it's mistaken. Definitely been couple, it's definitely been over a month because you were away for like three weeks or two weeks. So. Yeah. Um, I'm sure that's what Mike said, unless he was lying to me again. But uh, I got to finish. I got a few more LEDs to go on the blue foe. I got some blinky lights and some UV lights and some shit like that nice. to, to do. So I'm going to be working on that. Awesome. What about you, Steve? Cool. Uh, get out and fly and get that Extreme Flight 60 inch, you know, extra maiden, man. I, I don't yes. know what I'm waiting for, but it's time to get that thing up in the air. It's time. Yeah. 
It Summer's going to be over before you ever fly it. I know, right? I need to make sure I have that thing ready for, I don't know what I'm going to do with it, hanging it up. Jeff's going to have that, our, <laughs> our friend Jeff is going to have that FT racer built before you fly that thing, man. Oh, I doubt it. <laughs> You'd have to kind of do it. That thing must be like all U-shaped. <laughs> end. <laughs> it's in his garage still laying in parts. I think it was one giant ball. No, it's not. It is, he yeah. Oh, my. It's, what, why? I don't know. It's still sitting there. Last time I was over there, it was still sitting there. Yeah. For those Jeff fans that we still have, I got to get a little update on him, man. I've been talking to him. He's really talking about getting back to uh, doing some flying. And I even went over to his house maybe about a month ago and went through some of his batteries because he was deathly afraid that his batteries were going to like spontaneously combust. And go through his batteries. I don't we, get it. We went through each battery, did an IR check on it. And most of them were at storage charge. And I was like, dude, you got a lot of good batteries. Most of the ones he had were was good. I think I found one out of like 30 batteries that I said, you know, this IR is like questionable. I don't know if I'd, you could probably just get rid of it, you know? Yeah. I mean, and then, I mean, IRs are, are, depending on the battery size are like, I don't know. They're, they're, I don't know. What's a good word for it? Not questionable. I don't know what you're trying to say. But basically, like, like you talking about like an IR of a twenty two hundred three S is going to be way different than an IR of a six thousand. I mean, five thousand six S battery. So, like, yeah, but I was just comparing numbers for each individual battery. Like, I was comparing the three cells, referencing each other's cell. Yeah, like if I had five five and like twenty eight, I was like, well, that's not a great yeah, battery. That, that's questionable. I mean, if he, as long as he balances, like every once yeah. in a while, balances back up, it should be fine. I don't think he remembered what he did the last time to the batteries, so. You know, I wanted to go through them and just check them out. I'm sure they were fully charged, and three years later, they're now balanced and balanced charged. Oh, there you go. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, so you got three more years before then they're a problem. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, <laughs> Jeff, what do you got? <laughs> Complete the diversion. Uh-huh. Make it entirely mine. Uh, learn how to do carbon fiber molding. And I've got a, I, w- I want to make a compact charging case for traveling. And, okay. um, cool. Obviously, uh, as mentioned, the nitro projects, which are sort of only just started, but yeah. are starting to take, starting to get some traction. Nice. Cool. So that's that's me. Awesome. All I'm right. Trying to figure out what you're going to convert to nitro. Maybe a Hensley. That'd be cool. Oh no, no, <laughs> no, no. Now, one something people can afford. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just, I'm just busting. It's a cheap nitro, so hopefully it gets everyone flying nitro again, or helps. Sorry, awesome. helps to that. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, yeah, obviously the carbon fiber is probably the most exciting bit. Yeah, you know, is learning to do that because then I could make just about any shape. And um, I've got some ideas like the the compass exo to do a full monocue sort of you know, shapes for whether it be fan shrouds or. Uh, Four entire frames, so just to give it a go. Cool. We'll see. Yeah, awesome. Yeah. All right. All right. We ready to wrap it up? We're ready. All right. Well, first, I'd like to thank Jeff for taking the time and also for taking the time to build this and design this helicopter because I feel like, you know, this is kind of, this gives a lot of younger folks also inspiration of maybe trying a crack at designing something themselves too, right? Because, mm, you know. That's the idea, yeah, for sure. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So that's oh, amazing. That'd, that'd be great if it has that sort of effect as well. Also. That's that sort of my person. 
also while you were kind of going to your your backstory on how you got into the hobby, you gave me a perfect idea for another episode, which we're gonna we're gonna use soon. And I don't want to give it away. I'll tell you after the show, but I don't want to give it away to our listeners. But uh, you gave me an idea, so I'm doing some research right now on it. So we'll get yeah, into no that much. later. Awesome. Cool. 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 All right. So um, if someone was interested in getting to contact you and figure out how much it costs for you to actually send them that helicopter to them and or have you build one for them, <laughs> uh, how would you do that? <laughs> I'm going to be so rich. Um, <laughs> Facebook, Chopsy Chopper. Uh-huh. So that's probably the easiest way, or Chopsy WA on Heli Freak, but um, I don't, I don't visit Heli Freak too much anymore. Like, yeah, seems to be the case anymore, which is unfortunate with the forums. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, Chopsy Chopsy Chopper on Facebook. That's nice. All right. Little, if you if you're not too weird or trying to hit me up for money from your Kenyan bank account, um, <laughs> yeah, I, I'll respond. <laughs> nice. <laughs> awesome. Jeez. All right. Cool. All right. Let's uh, do Facebook likes. We are at 901 likes. We broke the 900 barrier. I think we were, wow. I we were at 899 or 898. Yes, last time. 899. Um, I don't know if I have two or three names, but one of the names I recognize right off the bat. Hey. <laughs> yes, yeah, so here we go. Key to music. We got Chopsy Chopper. <laughs> Right. Nice. Uh, William Derita, and I don't know if I said this name or not, but Ashley Baker. Ashley Baker. Yeah, and that seems to be it. Awesome. Facebook comments. What do we got for Facebook comments? Uh, Facebook comments. I saw published by you, Steve, uh, a link okay. or a a share from Rich Nap. and uh, it says, "I know our listeners that fly oxys were looking forward to this," and it's a picture of the. Magnetic canopy holders that we talked about earlier. Uh huh. And my mom liked nice. it. Nice. <laughs> my mom is becoming more Facebook savvy than me. Yeah. Did she? Uh, did she comment like message you after like what is that thing that I just liked? <laughs> like, no. The target no. audience has been reached. <laughs> yeah. No, I thought you were gonna say, did she message you? Why are you asking me for money? <laughs> I, th- I thought I told you 40 years ago. No more money for you. <laughs> Instant messaging me. <laughs> no, but that's, that's all I saw on Facebook real quick. Wasn't a lot of activity. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I think we've been kind of on the slower side of posting stuff. So that's our bad. We should uh, engage our listeners more by, by posting more stuff. Well, in reference to last week's episode, real quick, mm-hmm. uh, I did see that um, – Chris Breeves posted a video and he said, I can't wait to see your video of this. And it was Apocalypse yeah. Now, Ride the Valkyrie scene, Ride, yep. the, Ride of the Valkyries, where we're talking about uh, Bill. Dude, we got to get those 450 scale birds, man. Yeah. Yep. Uh, David Hill posted, uh, he said, I was interested in knowing what happened to the F3C or, or what helicopter F3C was all about. So he shared a link in case somebody else is curious. Yep. Um, thank you. Yeah. And I guess you replied, thanks, Dave. Uh, Edie Moores said, nice episode with a high-quality guest. By the way, I would like to know where the Freefall name is coming from. But after the <laughs> last RC Plane video, I have a closer idea. <laughs> yes. Kind anyway, of. he said he'd like to hear the real deal. Nice. Uh, didn't we already go over that a little bit? I think so. Kind of. I know we teased it a little, but I think yeah. the... 
I think mm-hmm. we said we were gonna really go deep into it, but we never did. I think we kind of just oh, okay. teased like okay. we were shooting names back and forth between Jeff, Kevin, and I. And yeah, it really didn't come from anywhere. Yeah, but I kind of liked it because a lot of the things that we fly kind of free fall. Well, at least the things Steve flies do. Well, mm-hmm. we were thinking yeah. of prop wash as another one back in the day. Yeah, prop wash. Um, but I didn't like that because I was like, well, what if we're we're talking about helicopters too? And you know, I was like, no, we're not turning we'll the show into Haley. a helicopter show. We're never going to talk about helicopters. <laughs> and look at us now. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Um, that's what I saw. Well, thanks for guys for commenting on Facebook. Yeah, thank you. Okay, website comments. What do we have for website comments? Well, Javier sent me a quick uh, email. Uh, Kevin's Blade Nano S2 Woes. And uh, he uh, said, <laughs> first of all, guys, great episode. You guys are killing it. Uh, not a lengthy email, but just a quick note for me. Um, he he loves the S2. And he says, uh, by far, it's a best backyard trainer. It does handle the wind. See, I haven't flown it. Uh, into the wind or with wind yet. So I was kind of curious about that myself. Um, he crashed it and he's waiting for some parts, but, uh, thanks for getting back to me, Javier. Um, I appreciate it. And, uh, I did get that all straightened out. My problem was I wasn't holding the rudder. Well, my problem was in the manual, it says bind and then hold the rudder over to the right. And I found that when I did that, it did it still didn't work correctly. I had to hold the rudder to the right while I was binding it, and then it worked, I guess, as it should. But thanks, guys. I, I got I got some messages from some other guys, too, on, on Facebook, which I said I was going to find, but I didn't. Sorry. <laughs> I'm curious to see if it says that. I, I, I don't... I've heard that you're supposed to hold the rudder to the right. No, I think it I says I, I went over it three, four times. I can show you the manual, Steve, if you want oh, to. Oh, I'm looking at the manual right now. All right. Pull it up. Yeah. When uh, you get the- it... When you get it, go through the manual Pull step it up. by Does step. Does it say Yoda or Yoda? It says Yoda. No, so it, it says Yoda it sells, is it says, finding this process. <laughs> it says Alabama. <laughs> All right. Uh, okay. So binding, disconnect the flight battery from the helicopter, step one. Power off the transmitter and move all six to the zero position. Step three, connect the flight battery to the helicopter. Three and one flash after five seconds. Push the bind switch button while powering the transmitter. After two, three seconds, release the bind switch. Transmitter. Move the rudder stick to full right. Yeah, you're right. It actually tells you to do that after you hit the bind switch. Yeah. Hmm. Well, it looks like Horizon Hobby needs to send out a revision to their I instructions. Mean, Steve, I know you think I'm an idiot, but do you think I'm a complete idiot? I don't know. <laughs> Sometimes, <laughs> you know. No. <laughs> well, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> you never know. Like sometimes you can misread things, and and I do it all the time. So yeah. I must be a complete idiot because no, no, I, I misread I, shit all the time. I, I, so it is I've weird that uh, misread things before. Yeah, for some reason it's in the email form that I normally misread things. But yeah, I, I went through that like twice, and I even you know looked at the non-computer one just to see if there was a difference. And that the only difference is move it to the left. The rudder, yeah, but, uh, yeah. When I I said, all right, well, let me try just holding it. Maybe I'm maybe the old guy's not fast enough. So I don't know. If anybody out there is having problems with theirs, try that. Yep. Awesome. Cool. All right. Uh, is that it for Facebook comments? Should we go to you, Pop People Podbeam? People Podbeam. Oh, 
Heli Fun, Doug Bo, and Mike Welch. All three of those guys liked episode 169 with Nick Maxwell. Nice. Frederick W., Muse105, Empty Gun Censored, uh, Soapbox Reviews. They all started following us. So thanks, guys. Awesome. What do you got for Podbean comments? We got some comments here. Oh, I'll bet there's some comments. I'm trying to think here. Did we do this from last year, uh, last week? Yeah. yeah, yeah. So the nine days ago. Okay. So four days ago, Ian fucking Joel. The pronunciation is Ian fucking Joel. LMA. I laughed my ass off. L M A O. So <laughs> thank you, Ian fucking Joel. <laughs> I kind of thought that might be what it was, but yeah, yeah. yeah. That's awesome. Oh, that's awesome. Okay. Uh, Musa Middle Bozzy, four days ago. Hey, Steve, I will take that jet yelling at the radio, buddy. Uh, <laughs> haha, fly it. Fly it. 80 millimeter is fun. You will enjoy it. I'll, I will totally enjoy it. For about One 30 flight. seconds. Nah, I'll make this last. At least the battery's worth. Um, Gray Eagle Jr. Oh, this is going to be a fun one. Okay. Let me take a deep breath here. <sighs> All right, Nick Maxwell, legend, inspiration, technical heli surgeon of whispering, <laughs> some moving Olympian that dares to challenge Zeus himself, looking down, up, on us, mere mortals who know only of flying without bars. I never flew behind bars, but I figure it must it, it be very difficult. Because you are in prison, Monopoly taught me how to get out of jail free. And now I sit in my outdoor basement texting you. Exploding Tiger and Lamborghini Diabetes. Now with Nitro. Those are the hellies for me. Uh, take it to... Take it do the max at Office Maxwell. Heli Whisperer. Oh, uh, what great the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> oh, great outdoor junior. basement. That's the best. I love it. Yeah. <laughs> He's sitting in a hole in the ground somewhere. Yeah. <laughs> wow. All right. And then uh, let's see here. James Arner one day goes says, "Damn, spent way too much time in car today. Made it through the whole episode. Great hearing from Nick and what's happening with Taba and Diablo. Keep it up. Awesome. Nice. Thanks, yeah, thanks, Dan. All right. There's uh, there's that. Great Eagle Junior. Love it. God, we gotta we gotta have him and Mike." Do a segment together. <laughs> Dude, there's somebody out there that's listening to that going, I know exactly what he's talking about, man. <laughs> yeah, man. Yeah. yeah. Man. That's the truth, man. That exterior basement, man. Dude, that's what it's all about, man. <laughs> if you don't know what that is, you ain't living. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> all right. iTunes review. Uh, I saw nothing new on iTunes. All right, sweet. Thanks, Apples iTunes. and bananas. <laughs> <laughs> oh, happy birthday, Bill. I just want to throw that in there. Hmm. I'm going to keep my mouth shut. Bill knows why. <laughs> Bill knows why. He exactly knows why. Mm-hmm. All right. Anyways. <laughs> All right, we ready for our outro? Oh, if we could, if I could jump in. Sure, yeah. I uh, just want to thank you guys for having me on the show. And, um, yeah, keep it up, eh? It's bloody good stuff. Thanks, man. What Thanks you guys for are doing coming for the on hobby. the show. 
Yeah, yeah. yeah well, thank you. Thanks for having me. And um, yeah, th- thanks for, geez, the hard work that you guys are putting in week after week, you know, producing this content. It's great. Yeah. I think I think the real thanks needs to go to our significant others for putting up with this bullshit. <laughs> no, <laughs> what they say is bullshit. <laughs> Dude, my wife would come on the show and say thank you, thank you for getting him out of the house for Saturday, <laughs> getting him out of my hair for a couple hours. I appreciate. It. Yeah. <laughs> my wife's yeah, like, thanks, guys. My wife was like. You guys recorded two shows this week. Oh, thank God. <laughs> You're all mine next week. <laughs> no podcast on Tuesday. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's she 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 supports me even though she doesn't uh she doesn't like how much time it takes of my day, but eh. all right. Drop us an iTunes review or read the review on the next episode. Email us at freefrc at gmail.com. Like us on Facebook, Facebook.com slash free podcast. Check out our webpage, freefrcpodcast.show. Say hi to Chris Reibert. Hey, Chris. Chris. Uh, Let's see. Flight Test Forums, Off the Field Audio and Video Production, other than Flight Test Podcast, Free for RC Podcast, sitting next to our friends, the FT Community Cast. Pat and Mike, and say hi to Dave. Special shout out to Dave. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, Let's see. Fellow podcasters, let's welcome back the RC Hooligans, version two. Mm -hmm. Walton Mm. Ed. Yeah. I was um, when I heard that I was like, "Oh, good thing you started back up." Because I was about to ask Ed, like, "Yo, you got to come on our show a little more often now." <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> so I was gonna poach him. They're gonna be doing quarterly. They said to start off with quarterly. What yeah, do you mean? Four times a year. Every, every, one time a week. Uh, one time. <laughs> one time a month. A yeah, four times a year. <laughs> okay. So we'll see you guys. I think in that was a joke. Months. I think they said they're recording another one this week. Oh, is that yeah. right? Oh yeah, okay. Yeah, I think oh. they're they're recording one for uh, the RC Hose Fun Fly coming up soon. So oh. I think they got Jay Treadwell and uh, Scott Graham. I think coming on the show. Mm. So it should be interesting. Well, freaking ha ha! The joke is on me then. <laughs> it is. <laughs> <laughs> I fell for it. Good job, guys. Yeah. Nice, you got one. <laughs> All right, uh, Telerotor Podcast. Mike, Mike, and Robert. There you go. Yeah, excellent. All right. RC After Hours. Chris, Mike, and Andre. Yeah, mixing a little airplane one in the heli mix. Uh, BKRC Podcast. With Bert and Kyle. RC Roundtable. With Fitz, um, Carl, and Rick Grimes. <laughs> I don't know who it is, Rick man. Grimes. Sorry. Carl. Carl. <laughs> Fitz, Terry, and Lee. Fitz, Terry, and Lee. Fitz, Terry, and Lee. Yeah. I got to write that down. <laughs> Uh, let's see, flight test podcast. Jimmy which, Jones. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I guess so. <laughs> Might as well be <laughs> throwing it in there. I don't even know who does it anymore. And I don't. I don't really listen to the flight test podcast. But give them a listen if you're into airplanes, foamies, beginning in airplanes. Definitely, they're the they're the 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 place to start off in the RC air flight for planes for sure. Yep. Mm-hmm. All right, and our special guy behind the camera at most events. Uh, Bill and YouTube channel. All right. Uh, thanks, Jeff, again, for taking the time to come on our show. We really appreciate it. Yeah. Thank you, guys. And an amazing achievement, dude. Yeah, seriously. That's all for you, man. Uh, thanks you. Uh, cool. Uh, thanks to our listeners. Free our skies. And we'll see you next time. See ya. Bye. Bye. See ya. See you, everyone. Awesome. 
Awesome. Right. I have to friend Mr. Choppy Chops. Hey. I just stopped my recording. It's going to be a huge side if you, effect. If you want to do that, you better send me a picture first, eh? eh? I have to send you a picture? <laughs> so, something sexy. Oh. <laughs> I thought he sent you enough of those pictures. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, don't, get, don't get a man so far. <laughs> nah. Judge Judy wouldn't find yeah. it admissible. Yeah, but we're not talking about judge. We're talking about social media and social trends people and that are social stupid judging. people. Yeah. I don't know. I, I don't think it's going to be a problem. Okay. Yeah. Judy being a CNC machinist, I put aluminium everywhere, and so the weight went up a bit. So it, it like I'm buying boom material by the meter anyway. So yeah. you know, I just increased the length of the boom by 30, 30 odd mil and... Instantly, it's a 760. Andy's saying, yeah, like he knows what you're talking about. Oh, sorry. Oh, welcome to the party. Oh, sure. right, you can Kevin. show up. <laughs> Shut up, Kevin. Sorry. I'm in no mood today. Oh, that's awesome. Oh, you gotta that hear means this. I'm going to hammer you. <laughs> <laughs> you, can't, you can't start like that, Andy. You can't start it up like no. that. You know, how, you know how Kevin gets. I know. I like poking the bear. You know how Jersey gets. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so should I pull the trigger on this? A hundred bucks. What are you pulling the trigger on? Wait a minute. Wait a minute. There's resolutions to be crossed off here. What's this is, going on? Oh shit! That's right. This, this is this is this is to replace my my crash nano CPS. That's allowed, right? Oh. Oh. <laughs> well, Dude. actually, Kevin, he broke that resolution because he bought a brand new uh, Goblin 500 kit. No, so, but that was to replace. That doesn't matter. A crash one. You said no new kits. You bought a new kit, so oh, suck. I, I, it was a rekit. I mean, there's no if ands or buts. I could have. I could have spent six hundred dollars on parts or six hundred dollars for a new kit. Like, yeah. Oh, no, I you got, did the right thing. I'm just saying you broke your resolution. I got to let him slide on that one, dude, <laughs> because he could have just... I got to let Steve slide on that one because he could have just bought all the parts. Yeah, it would have been ridiculous buying all those parts. Uh, all brand new. I used the bottom <laughs> bottom, uh, bottom, lower frame mount, the uh, battery tray, whatever you call it, <laughs> the land- Andy, and the landing gear uh, mounts. Andy, it's... This is the same hatchet that George Washington used to chop down a cherry tree. I had to replace the handle <laughs> and the head, but it op- <laughs> occupies the same space. No, 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 no. If, if, if he used, if he changed the head, but you left the uh, the handle, then I would consider that as the same. <laughs> it's like the original band, but every band member has changed. No, nah, I know what you. I know what you mean. I gotta let Steve slide on that one, dude. Dude, that was a horrific crash. I hope you gave Jeff a heads up that. We normally get on at 8 and then have to update some shit. Nah, man. We're supposed to be ready to go. <laughs> we're, we're pulling the boss at 8 o'clock. Nah, let's just wing it. Should be right. What's the worst that could happen? Yeah, I mean, 170 episodes later, it's, we're just been winging it. Sort of. <laughs> 
So <laughs> you guys, you, you got this. It's in the yeah. bag. Yeah. Yeah. Nice. Uh, hopefully, I'm saving a lot of. Hey, look at this. Australia from $353 round trip. Great. Nice. Get up. Get down here. That's cool. Where's it sending me? Melbourne or Sydney? Yeah, Melbourne or Sydney. Ooh. I'd love to do that. What's the flight like, though? It's like 28 hours or something. It's got 87 hours. Jesus. 87 hours. hours. What are you smoking there? That's once around. That's how long it'll feel. Time you oh, yeah, for sure, dude. I did 16 hours on a plane once, um, and that was nonstop. It was ridiculous. Oh, shit. It was ridiculous. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah, we'll go over that on the show. Let's talk about this on the show. Yeah. Great. Okay. <clears throat> Using the <laughs> material. Steve, you sound a little under the weather. <clears throat> yeah, I'm pretty fucked up. My is really fucked up. Yeah, yeah, you'll, you'll probably love to hear this, but I was off Friday and yesterday, too. Part-timer. <laughs> Part-timer. Part-timer. Uh, you're a slagger. Yeah, yeah the, 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 the moment we start the show, you'll see my uh, Aussie accent get even more emphasized. It's all we've got. <laughs> it's all we've got to offer the world. <laughs> okay, that's Larry. All right, log into PayPal. Which which card should I use? Oh, jeez. Can we get on with the show? Nah, I got to order this first, man. It's very important. Get on with it. Very, very important stuff we're doing right here. Okay, very, very important. Every time I hear the Aussie accent, I think of um, the Road Warrior. When they... Um, oh, yeah. This is the second <laughs> one when they, when they got the truck back to where they were, where they had the gasoline... And they're going over it, and the one guy's going, "How's the rig? It's got a couple of cracked timing teeth off the timing gear." <laughs> and he's going on and on. Oh man, I was thinking that accent. All right, well, what does that mean? Twenty-four hours? You've got twelve. Um. <laughs> <laughs> uh. Well, you know more than me because I've watched those movies, but geez, I can't remember. Yeah, sometimes that shit just gets imprinted in my head and I can't lose it. That's why I can't remember anything usable or relevant. Yeah, sometimes, yeah. (laughs) I think your head's completely full of useless nonsense. Exactly. Well, Mm -hmm. that's what what entertains myself when I'm doing the mundane tasks throughout the day. (laughs) I can just, like, watch movies. In my head, <laughs> they call that insanity. But no, I thought insanity was doing own. the same thing over, it, expecting a different result, which is 170 episodes. That's insanity, <laughs> <laughs> right there. No, no, I, I don't expect a different result. <laughs> I respect. I expect the same train wreck it is every week. <laughs> Kevin's like, you know, something's good. Something good's going to happen one of these days. It never does. <laughs> It's well, it's to. not going to be this day. 